Welcome to the show. Uh, we have today a very different kind of show for you. Usually there's uh, there's some fun, there's some some personal interest in, in, in hearing uh, some stories from uh, people's lives and things like that. Today we are focused uh, on a very unfunny subject, which is the protests, uh, specifically the protests that have happened in Columbus, Ohio, over the weekend. All of these interviews were recorded on Sunday, May 31st, and they were recorded throughout the day. So as you listen to the interviews, they're in uh, chronological order. You will hear some different uh, updates throughout the day from people that were at the protests as uh, different things occurred. The goal here is really to get some perspective. And I know a Myself, uh, you know, I'm having a, a difficult time processing all of the violence and all of the, all of the trauma that I've witnessed, uh, both in person and uh, through live streams. And I know a lot of people are are struggling with this too. And the truth is, is a lot of uh, a lot of the comics are very involved in the local local community, and they've been out there and they've been seeing it too. So uh, hopefully, we're we can get through this together. And we can, you know, kind of process this together. So you are going to hear a series of some somewhere around 10-minute interviews with a lot of different local comics. And uh, one non-comic, the owner of the garden, Lacey Thompson, uh, the garden was uh, kind of a hub for supplies and medical care throughout the course of uh, the weekend. And, uh, so I, I definitely wanted to have her on, but she's the only non, non comic you'll be hearing. Um, but there's a lot of information and a lot of different angles on the, uh, on the events of the weekend. And, uh, as we get towards the end, there's, uh, a lot of information on, on kind of how to think about some of this stuff. So without further ado, I'd just like to start the show and, and get these interviews out to you. So, here we go. Hey, Ian. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably going to edit this beginning out. All right. So, Ian, you are downtown right now. Uh, tell us where you're at. Uh, I am uh, at the State House, uh, about 100 yards from the State House steps. Um, just, just hanging out. And we're recording this now on Sunday and you've been at this protest the whole time. I take it. No, I, I mean the whole time today for the most part, yesterday was the first day that I actually came down. Okay. Um, just really to kind of like see what was happening and see it all for myself. We knew that, that yesterday it was the, you know, establishment Democrats running the protest and that it was early and that none of the hoopla had happened until, you know, like the sun went down on, on earlier nights. So we figured we'd be safe and, uh, and everything would be chill and we were incredibly wrong. And you, were you maced? I was not maced. Uh, I was hit with some tear gas. Um, I mean, everyone that was down here in this area had the effects of mace. Uh, I mean, I, I took a shower this morning and, and my eyes were 
were re put on fire. Um, but no, I at protests and at metal concerts, I kind of just stay towards the back, wait for someone to go down, go grab them, and get them. So you, uh, you're you're kind of like doing a uh, like a, an assisting of people at the front lines rather than being right at the very front. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and that that makes sense to me. <laughs> I. I, man, I've never been a protester, and this is the first time that I've felt like really compelled to somehow be involved. And wow, it's just been shocking and horrifying to see the way that the police are handling this. What has been your take on that from the front, from the actual um, protest? Yesterday, it was, and and from what I've seen, and and you know, first and secondhand accounts. Um, it has been peaceful protests on our side and an escalation of violence from the police every time I have witnessed any violence out. It has been 100% police instigated. Um, and that was Saturday from firsthand experience and then, you know, friends and, and colleagues giving me secondhand experiences that, that match everything that, that I witnessed firsthand. Wow. Um, and, and, and that's just, we came here for a peaceful protest and on Thursday they wanted to fight instead. Um, and then on Saturday, they wanted a war from everything that, that, that we could see, you know, <clears throat> the, the forces that they were using to words, to people standing on the sidewalk. I mean, they were literally putting people onto the, forcing people onto the sidewalk, sending down horses down those sidewalks and then tear gassing the sidewalks right after, uh, and then, then leaving us nowhere to go. And the um, sidewalks th- were supposed to be the safe place to, uh, speak your your mind a chant to say the things that you want to say right exactly yeah it's it's never been against the law to stand on a sidewalk um peacefully not obstructing anybody letting traffic go both ways and yelling stuff and, and yeah. that's what they were doing that's what we were doing and and when they brought in the horses down the sidewalk the craziest shit that i was involved in uh we were just trying to help people i mean we were standing there not doing anything not aggressing in the safe space that we were supposed to be. And and they came into our turf. Yeah. I was not at the, I was not actually downtown, but I did yesterday go to uh, the garden to help uh, Lacey board up the shop and they're handing out supplies and gear and stuff. So I did get to talk to a lot of people that were there. And from everything I've seen from live streams, from your live streams, Samantha Sizemore's live streams, Tiffany Little's live streams and, and on and on. Uh, Bettina was down there uh, doing some live streams. Everything I've seen, it looks like the cops are at war against the citizens of Columbus. It's insane, and you really have to be there to feel it because you hear that and your brain doesn't know what you mean, right? Um, because you're like, hey, I mean, we can't be having a war in our streets between cops and people. And then you get down here and you're like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Like, that's that's exactly what's happening. They're using wooden bullets and rubber bullets instead of real bullets. They're using... Yeah. weapons that wouldn't be allowed to be used in war against people that are standing there peacefully. It's, it's insane. Um, one thing I do want to say, though, is today that that has completely changed. Um, right now, I'm standing, and I know you guys can, you can probably hear the, uh, the, the car horns, and that is, they're 100% in support uh, of us, and there's no cops. No cops here at the State House. There's, there's a, a maybe five to ten guarding the State House itself. It's the sheriffs that have been there and not been aggressive at all. Huh. Uh, but the police wow. that were here in not riot gear earlier have left. 
um, they're gone. Wow. And there's been nothing but peace. The, 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 the cops left and so did the violence. <sighs> wow. Um, and it's the, the, it's as big of a, what, what me and, 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 you know, Tiffany, you were talking about earlier, we're actually here together. Um, and we were talking about it and it's, if you've experienced the protests on any day, but today, you have to be down here to figure, to, to feel what's happening right now. It's entirely different. It's an entirely different mood. Um, the city is 100% in support of us. I mean, yeah, I, I haven't heard the horn stop. I mean, and it's just people, you know, with their fists out the window, just standing as allies. It's fantastic. It sounds like that's the way it would have been the entire time. There's no evidence to point to that's not how it would have been if the police weren't here. This is what we wanted. We wanted this injustice, and this, the war wasn't necessary. Wow. That sounds like, uh, I know that uh, DeWine made some comments saying that the protest was not only understandable, but also appreciated. And I, my initial response was, if you're not holding the cops accountable for their violence, then you're full of shit. But it sounds like maybe he's actually uh, uh, pressed uh, Ginther to pull back the reins. Is that does that sound accurate? I I hope. I don't know who pressed who, but yeah. it's the first thing that we talked about today is that as we were getting here, somebody told somebody something, <laughs> and it, it came from higher up. Um, because the, 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 the mood has changed and it, it, I mean, I saw a cop's face and head without a helmet or mask on for the second time that I've been, you know, the 10 hours that we've been, we've been down here it, it, in the past two days, it was the second time that I had seen a cop without his helmet or mask on. Um, and, and the first time that cop got yelled at for, for, for talking to, to a, a black guy and, and told to fall back in line. And now, you know, I haven't seen one yeah. in riot gear on the streets yet today. Actually, I've heard uh, reports that they're out there. Though. Can you share that story for uh, our listeners? I saw it on Facebook, but uh, people might not have seen it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably never forget it as long as I live. Um, basically, what was happening at the time, uh, we were protesting. And nor near the back of the protest, uh, by the corner of, of Broad and High, um, there was a, a, a cop talking to peacefully talking to a black guy uh, on his bicycle. Uh, the, the black guy was on the bicycle, the cop, um, and they were talking. I, I noticed it a while before I think anybody else did, and, and they were talking for five or ten minutes. And then two or three cops yell at the guy, you know, get his attention and tell him to fall back in line. Um, and as he's walking across, you know, back to the the corner where they want him to stand, where they want him to be. A, good little cop uh he just kind of like exclaimed uh i was ha trying to have a conversation it really seems like what we need right now um and you could just hear the, the the frustration and and contempt for his colleagues and his voice and it was it was really eye-opening to me because you know it mm. it they're being told to be dicks or they were until today they were being told to be dicks they were being told that words don't solve this that violence solves this that that yeah. you know we were two forces and it sounds not. like the stanford prison experiment or something where they're being told to be uh they have to do horrible things and they're just like exactly. okay it, it doesn't make sense i would hope that 
that the Columbus Police Department is not 100% full of, of horrible people because I have family that served in the past in the Columbus Police Force, and they were they were good people. They are good people. But there is something going on that, that needs to be fucking dealt with, obviously. Yeah, the, it, it is. It's the word is systemic. I mean, you're taking good people and pro- putting them into a system broken that they're, you know, told to do things like profile people and and commit acts of violence. And it's it's a system that's broken and it is systemic racism that is broken. Have you since this is a it seems weird that, that this is a, a comedy stand up comedy based podcast and I'm doing this uh this this discussion about protests and violence and 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 black lives matter and and all of this political stuff but have you seen uh your fellow comics down there uh downtown yep totally have uh yesterday uh one of them gave me goggles so that uh i would have eye protection that i didn't bring with me today i'm with uh two or one other former comic uh, and, and a big supporter of the scene. Um, I met up with a, a different comic earlier today, and each of them have told me stories about them being with comics today. I know tons of comics that are allies and out here, and, you know, this is, these are our people. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's, honestly, that's why I, I realized this was completely and utterly uh, appropriate for uh, Lampshade Media Presents. Because uh, we're 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 trying to do the right thing. Um, comics in town and Columbus love this city, and they love uh, people of color, and we're gonna fucking support our people. And this was never us against the city of Columbus. It was always no. us against police brutality and us against the CPD. No, absolutely, absolutely. I don't. I hope I didn't misspeak earlier. I'll have to listen back to the tape. <laughs> no, no, no. You didn't. You didn't. Uh, and I just wanted to make sure that nobody interpreted that. As you know, because when I when I say things like we were at war, we weren't at war with the city. You know what I mean? There, there, that wasn't that wasn't the group that we're fighting. And if today's protest has taught me anything, it's that we have an unabashed supporting city for for this movement, for people of color, for Black Lives Matter. I mean, I've that been gives me out a lot of hope, man. And the horns haven't stopped. That gives me a lot of hope because yesterday was not as hopeful. No, yesterday, uh, I, I mean, I said it yesterday, took every shred of faith that I had in the CPD and threw it out the window. Mm. Um, and today, that faith in the CPD is gone, but nothing more has bolstered my faith in the city. Of- yeah. Well, Ian, I, I know you got to get uh, get back to the back to the streets, back to the sidewalks. And uh, so I don't want to take too much of your time, but I appreciate the hell out of you talking to me. And uh, good luck out there and stay safe, man. Thanks, man. You too, everybody out there. Um, I uh, This will be later, but just stay safe, stay vigilant. All right. All right. Talk to you later, man. Travis uh, Hoisher, I, I understand you're uh, driving supplies around the city right now. Is that right? Yeah, man. That's what I'm doing. Uh, it's kind of hard in these moments to sit back and do nothing. And so uh, this feels like a really good way for me to show support to people on the front lines. Yeah. Have you, and how do you, how, how have you been involved with the, uh, with the situation uh, since uh, Thursday? 
to be honest, very little on the front lines. I've been trying to support my, my friends, many of the people that I know and am connected to and respect, um, much more of an integral part of the organizing um, and activist community. So it really just kind of started with checking in on my friends that I know put in the hard work and seeing what I could do and having conversations with them. And when it looked like that Saturday might get pretty rough, uh, even before that, it was just kind of switching into whatever mode that I could. Um, really, I mean, I, I, maybe the term is like dispatcher. I'm kind of trying to use my large social media network and voice to, uh, to do what I can to kind of be eyes and ears. And so far that seems to be um, a really effective way to help like either get information or supplies moved around. Have you been a person that's been involved in activism or protests like this in the past? Um, periodically, I wouldn't say all of them, but a decent amount of them. Um, for me, it's always been a, a touch tricky. Maybe tricky is not the word, but uh, being a member of the media, um, it sometimes is a little bit hard to protest when you also might be in a position to have to cover the protest. And so there's a there's at least a slight bit of impartiality there, um, or at the very least, you know, what lens in which you cover those types of stories. So that's yeah. not the role that I have right now. Um, but yeah, that's kind of. But I've always been. I've always been a big believer in and a big supporter of and and you know participant in community action. Um, yeah. It's uh, well, exciting is a weird word, but like there's something incredibly fulfilling and empowering about being able to help organize like-minded people. And maybe in this particular case, I think we have a really large amount of people that care and they're upset and they want to help and they either don't know where to start or they don't feel like it's their place because they haven't been um, you know, on the front lines from day one. And I think for a lot of people, that's a, a barrier to inclusion. It's a, that's a threshold. Yeah. And I, I think I'm trying to show them that I also feel like I'm in the same spot, that there's other people that are more experienced, have put in the work and have put in the time. And no matter what, you can use your voice and use whatever bit of uh, resources you have to help support them. So I think when you start seeing community action in this very layered way, it makes a lot more sense. And I think it feels a lot more like uh, average everyday people who are upset as well have a, have a place to start where it might just be offering supplies or offering water, or offering rides, anything they can do. Um, so, yeah, so it, it feels I feel empowered to try to empower other people. And that feels like a, a really good use of time and energy for something that I think is incredibly, incredibly, not just important, it's vital. It's crucial right now that we, that we stand up against racial injustice and change the narrative when it comes to police brutality. And that only starts with getting enough people. I don't know if you can convince people that don't care to care, but I think there's millions of people that care and don't know exactly in what way they can, they can put that to work. Yeah. A hundred percent. I identify with that a lot because I've, you know, I've only really like become uh, more liberal and progressive in the past few years, to be honest. And I've never been a part of protests. I've always felt like that was somebody else's thing. And, and this is the first time 
and, and in a small way, I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that I've gotten somewhat involved. I went and helped board up some windows and pass out supplies and things like that. And, and I was just shook to see the, the, a, the level of violence from the government and B, the level of determination and peace from the protesters. These were not people yeah. that wanted to fuck up the world. They wanted to say something and be heard. And, it, and once you've seen that firsthand and experienced that, that's very formative uh, to your to your own experience. And it kind of t- helps take that experience and put 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 into action. Yeah, I was I was out front. I'd gotten done boarding up the windows for the garden, who's basically been uh, serving as a hub for medical assistance and supplies for people that are going to the protest. And I was talking to uh, Doug Cuckler and I, I was like, should I just go? I feel like I'm just in the way. I don't really like know what to do. And he's like, you're fine. You know, I think he's, he might have said, you're fine, baby. <laughs> and and. I, and then I, I, I talked to him later. I'm like, hey, I was kind of feeling like helpless and useless, and I decided instead of feeling that way, I would just help. And I think all these conversations, uh, I was speaking to a friend the other day because I've been dealing with that same amount of, you know, like, sorry, I've got directions going, so I don't know if you can hear that or not, but I'm trying to navigate while I'm talking to you. Um I would say it's unprofessional, but I'm doing what you're, we're, we're talking about doing. Uh, but I think, uh, I think, you know, you have to deal with that sort of like feeling that if you're not there, you don't care. If you're not there, then you're not doing anything. And I think if, if people like you and me and many other people are simultaneously feeling that same feeling, if everybody is simultaneously feeling that same feeling, and if all of a sudden people say, I can no longer do nothing, and it makes them do something. I think the, the multitudinal impact of that across millions, uh, it, it will be incredibly vital uh, to these movements. So to me, that's empowering. And I think it's good to be honest and be vulnerable and admit that, you know, maybe you don't feel comfortable on the front lines or didn't feel comfortable or uh, figuring out and spending time and energy to think about where you can be helpful and to, and to be consistent. And intentional. Um, I'm not the authority on it, and this is a little bit new to me as well, but uh, people figuring out exactly what they can do and taking action probably is going to be faster than the amount of time you sit and sit in conflict and figure out whether or not it's even uh, within your rights or even even if it's like your place to be protesting. By the time you figure that out, you could have already probably bought supplies or given somebody a ride or educated your fellow white person or checked in with a black friend. Yeah. Anything like that. You and I are both straight white, hat, male at birth, and people that are like us, people that have the same experience, are probably going to be more willing to listen to us than people that are different. And I, so I think as these protests may or may not wind down, the fight is still there. And I think it's important to remember that, that people like us need to be on the front lines of having those conversations with our peers. Right. Uh huh. And part of that is shielding. And again, these are just me saying these things because I'm making the effort to educate myself as well, because it's important, but 
I think it shields, I, sh- I think it shields our friends of color, uh, one, from the exhausting notion of having to educate white people. Mm-hmm. And two, it gives them a break. This is a long, long fight. People of color or white allies on the front lines. That's physically and emotionally exhausting. And so they're going to need us. And they're going to need people to fill in the gap and pick up food. You know, it's not any different than a family who's gone through a trauma or a tragedy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Some people sit with one of the best people, hospitals. Some people pick up meals. Some people do what they think. And, and as a result, that that entire unit makes makes things easier and clears out some obstacles for people that are in a tough fight. Well, I uh, I really appreciate you, and I appreciate you uh, out there running supplies right now while we're talking. So I don't want to take up too much of your time. I love that you're doing this. I think I think centering the conversation on how people can empower themselves and empower others um, means that the people on the front lines protesting uh, will know that it's not just there, that everywhere that people have their back. So that's what I'm hoping to do. I Hell appreciate yeah. you. Hell yeah, man. All right, man. I got to run. All right. Be safe. Lacey Thompson, owner of The Garden and a Lampshade Media sponsor. I hear and know for a fact that you have been doing a shit ton of work for the protest. Uh, what, what's uh, what's your, uh, your perspective been? Well, today has been super peaceful, which is really nice. It's been calm. Haven't really seen any uh, issues with pepper spray or the wooden pellet bullets that they're now using. Uh, a lot of a lot of love. The amount of donations that we received is astronomical. Uh, at first, I was a little worried about the amount of water that re- we received, but I now have people on both sides of the streets handing out bottles of water to protesters. It's been very grateful. A lot of thank yous and a lot of love and a lot of support. And it's just, it's just amazing. I love what is happening. I think it's bringing a a light to other small businesses. Like, look, you have to be part of the change. You can't just sit there and be idle because nothing is going to change. You have to be a part of it. You have to do something. Yeah. So, and I mean, the, the supplies keep rolling in. Uh, we've asked for no more water or milk at the moment, but the medical supplies that we have keep rolling in. We have medics on staff ready to help. We did have to help a few people yesterday with pepper spray burns and wooden bullet, uh, injuries and you know, the like, um, yeah. One girl was, she fell on the ground and scraped up her hand really bad after being pepper sprayed. We got her rinsed off and then got her hand wrapped up. You know, it's, it's kind of incredible. I don't know of, are there any other businesses in the short North or downtown that are offering these kind of services? Only churches, which is a little weird. It's That's the churches incredible. that are helping and the local adult store. Yeah. And I mean, that is so beautiful to me. That is really beautiful. I can't, I can't just stand here and be idle. I have to do something. 
People are dying. This is a cause that needs to be heard. This needs to be supported. And we've so much support, so much support. It's amazing. It sounds like that the uh, overnight that things have changed dramatically. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Last night got really wild, really fast. Uh, We've not seen any of the the triage that we saw yesterday. Not a single person that I know of that has been pepper sprayed or shot at. The police are being very calm. The protesters are being very calm. And I think that's the best the, the best way to get about this anger and violence begets violence. There's no, mm-hmm. you're not going to get anywhere with that. Yeah. You don't just start spraying people in the face with mace and expect them to, to be okay with it. Right. Sorry for the car horn. I'm out here. We've got another wave that is heading from the convention center. Uh, we just had about 2000 roll through wow. and just giving out as much water as we possibly can. We do have our bags made up that have masks and sprays to help with any kind of chemical burn, uh, water, Gatorade, snacks, and gloves, like anything that we can fit in these bags we we are and we've got a hell of a team and they're right now that just hasn't stopped no one has stopped i mean yeah we'll take a five minute and you know catch our breath someone will ask if we've eaten we've had homemade meals made and dropped off to give out to the people volunteering or to give out to the people that have been hurt that have come in for medical treatment so uh, it's just the outpouring if I had time to stop and cry, I would, but I'm just, I, I can't, I can't stop yet. Yeah. And I won't stop. I will be out here and we'll be doing this for as long as we're needed. Well, you're a fucking badass, And, uh, I know a I'm lot okay. of people appreciate the hell out of everything uh, that you and everyone at your store has been doing. Somebody's so, got to do it. Yeah. I'm curious if the people that are donating, are they, are, are are there people that aren't patrons that that would probably not find themselves comfortable in a in a, in a store like the garden? Are they still coming and dropping off supplies? You think? Most definitely, we had someone come in that none of us knew, and she dropped off twenty cases of water. Awesome. And no one no one knew who she was. I mean, I've got people that I haven't seen for years coming in and donating their time. And an old high school friend that is here with her children and they're handing out water and they'll be here for, you know, as long as they they can handle it themselves. I'm not asking anyone to stay longer than they're comfortable or, you know, they 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 too have lives. Yeah, that they they need to handle everybody. You know, they too have kids that they need to make sure gets dinner, but they're out here and this it's. It's just great. And any kind of monetary support that we're getting, we're giving back to any of the coalitions to help with bailouts of any of the protesters that have been arrested. Any of the supplies that are left will be donated to homeless shelters. So it, it won't stop. 
I won't, I won't let it stop. We're on a trajectory that is absolutely amazing and we're making waves and we're here for our city and here for our community. And I will not stop. That's fantastic. You know, that just, just yesterday, there was a couple of guys that uh, said they drove two hours. I was down there a little bit yesterday, helping you guys out. And there's these two guys, they came down and they didn't really, it seemed like maybe they didn't know what they were getting into, but you guys had the earplugs and the goggles yeah. and the saline yeah. solution and the, and the whole kit. And, and, and they were like, so appreciative. And they were like, oh, okay. And then we sent them on their way. And when they, uh, and, and only one of them came back and, and he said, yeah. I, I didn't, I don't know what to do. My, my friend is arrested. And yeah, and he wasn't I really, I really anything. hope he was able to get a hold of his friend, you know, and I'm glad that they were here for the cause. And I hate that, you know, his friend did get arrested. But uh, yeah, and we're still continuing that. We've had a lot of people um, either on bicycles or on foot that have been taking supplies to the front line. All of the bags that we've been making that has the saline and the waters and the snacks down to the front line to the people. I've had so many people send me photos of people wearing our backpacks and thanking me, like, thank you for what you're doing. And someone, someone has to, there's no one else out here doing it. And it's, it does boggle my mind that we're alone in this. Oh yeah. But you guys I mean, are, you guys are there though. Yeah. And, and we, we always have been, we've always given back to the community, Yeah, especially since I took over. That's been like my mantra. Like you have to take care of the people in your community and they will take care of you. And right now it shows. If there's anything I'm learning about uh, the community in Columbus is that they fucking care about black people. They yes. Absolutely do. Yes. And, and, and they're unfortunately, ready to show unfortunately, it. We have been getting the opposites, uh, not so much today, but we have had some people come by and, you know, spit their rhetoric and yeah. we have our few choice words and send them on their way. And we just don't need that. We don't need the hate. We don't need to add to it. Yeah. Let that, let that shit roll off and, and, and fuck them. I mean, it's really, it can be super discouraging just to, to hear so many people that are so uh, adamant about doing the right thing. And then to have that one person come in and fuck it up and right. that can be really discouraging, but, but yeah, keep, yeah, keep but at we it. Soldier on. Right. Well, I don't want to take too much of your time cause I know you're doing, doing the good work out there and helping a lot of people, but thank you so much for taking this time to, to let us know your perspective and what you've been no seeing. No problem. And thank you for helping out yesterday. I mean, you showed up and you got to work and you helped me build up, you know, board up the building and we were unscathed. A couple of the other buildings that didn't or businesses in the neighborhood didn't, weren't so lucky. So mm. again, thank you for, you know, being there and standing up and just being part of the solving the problems and not, you know, just being there and being a solid dude for us. And I appreciate it. All right. No problem. I appreciate you too. All right, Mel. All right. Much love. You as well. All right, Pat Deering. I uh, I hear you're uh, you're out on the streets right now. Is that right? 
I am, yes. I am on uh, Broaden's Force currently, getting pretty close to the state house. Yeah, so from what I've been hearing, I've talked to uh, a couple people, uh, a few different people that have been on the streets today, and they're saying there has been a marked turnaround today. Is that you've been yeah, your experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I agree with that 100%. The, the big difference between yesterday and today is not the demeanor of the protesters, not the number of the protesters, but today uh, Columbus Division of Police has mostly shown up um, without body armor, uh, stayed in their vehicles, um, kept their distance from protesters, and unlike yesterday, haven't been looking for a fight and haven't been instigating things. I am very curious, and with your uh, w- with your uh, experience in 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 lawyer and and whatnot, um, what do you think? Who who is the one that was uh, sounding that off at the at the cop shop? Who's the one that told them to back off? You think? Well, I mean, I'm I'm sort of a law student, so not officially a lawyer yet, but um, you know, I I really can't say, um, but I have seen uh, quite a few. Uh, very high-profile Democratic Party members um, taking the mayor to task on social media. So if I had to wager a guess, um, likely that order came from the mayor's office. Even though it seemed like Ginther was on the side of the police throughout the weekend. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's going to continue to praise the police. Regardless of what the police do, uh, he will praise the police. I mean, Andy Ginther has always been very, very pro-police. Um, he has never been um, interested in any type of reform uh, of the police apparatuses here in Columbus. So regardless of what happens publicly, he's always going to be pro-police. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's still going to try and get the department uh, to not constantly make him look like a total idiot. Yeah. I mean, the uh, the pictures of police pepper spring, uh, 70-year-old, uh, was it Joyce uh Joyce Beatty. Uh, Beatty, yes. She's a U.S. Congresswoman, correct? She is, yes. And and being pepper sprayed, A, they mu- they clearly didn't know that she was a congresswoman. B, they had to have known she was not uh, a young, uh, violent protester. Right. What the fuck? I mean... I mean, yesterday, yeah, yesterday the police, they showed up looking for a fight. They showed up in riot gear. Um, they, they began pushing people, they began barking orders, um, and no, there had been no violence, there had been no laws broken, nothing. I am, I, I think one of the obvious, uh, comparisons that has, that I'm definitely not the first one to have noticed is that, uh, it wasn't maybe two, uh, weeks ago that, uh, a, a lot of white people showed up with assault rifles on the state house and there's plenty of uh, imagery of them screaming in the face of police officers uh, going inside the state house, I believe. Um, right. Do you, I mean, what is the systemic difference there? What is the, why is it that I, I just, I find it hard to believe that every single police officer hates black people that much and loves people with anti-Semitic white supremacy uh, signage. <laughs> so what the fuck is that? Well, part of it is, um, you know, how well those people are armed. Um, you know, the police, um, you know, they're, they're really not always making their decisions and their calculations totally based on the law. You know, they, they also make um, 
decisions based on how likely it is that they'll be effective, uh, their safety, all that stuff. So, you know, the presence of a large amount of firepower is going to play into their decision-making, too. Um, those groups of people have been very, very good at um, twisting in other outside um, causes into what they were doing with the anti-shutdown uh, protests. So they were making those protests about the Second Amendment. They were making them um, about more than just the shutdown. Hmm. And we have seen repeatedly that the police aren't going to enforce the law against people they agree with. Okay. Um, and, you know, especially at the state house, uh, as someone who protests the state house frequently, you know, I, I have watched um, many uh, uh, reproductive rights uh, protesters have their signs ripped out of their hands, things like that, because signs aren't allowed technically at the state house. Um, but neither are guns. And the sergeant of arms of the, the House or the uh, Senate, nor the police, have ever said anything to the people with guns. Um, because, again, you know, they don't necessarily like enforcing ordinances like that against people they agree with. Do you think that a lot of uh, Black Lives Matters protesters that showed up this weekend, if they would have been armed with AKs or, or M16s, do you think that that would have changed the narrative or made it even more violent? Um, likely, uh, just because of how deep racism runs in the leadership of this state and this city, it likely would have just made it more violent. Um, the National Guard would have been sent in to deal with them, and there would have been a shootout. Absolutely. Mm. I. It seemed like there was some uh, like non-police that were carrying weapons. Is that right? Did you see that? Sorry, could you say that again? It seems like there was some non-police uh, people, people that were there uh, ostensibly uh, for the protest that were carrying uh, weapons like, like guns. Is that right? Well, we saw one person yesterday, um, the legal observers, saw one person yesterday who was carrying weaponry. Um, that person also left pretty quickly um, after we had a couple legal observers effectively stay on them and watch them the entire time. On that note, can you uh, can you explain for uh, for the, the lay people out there what exactly it means to be a legal observer? Yeah, legal observers are individuals who are trained by an organization called the National Lawyers Guild. The National Lawyers Guild is the country's oldest progressive bar association, um, is the first bar association to integrate as well. Um, and legal observers are trained to be at protests not to participate, but to watch the interactions between protesters and the police. And we watch for uh, things the police do that might constitute a violation of somebody's civil liberties or somebody's civil rights. And in the event that a lawsuit is filed based on those incidents, we serve as impartial witnesses, um, you know, who have been trained to watch for certain things that apply to the law so that we can um, give the judge and the jury a very clear picture of exactly what happened. That's awesome. You know, I, I never knew that that even existed. When you first on Facebook mentioned the uh, uh, trying to find your legal observer hat, I thought you were making a joke. No, <laughs> no, we wear these very bright lime green colored hats that say um, legal observer or NLG, like the National Lawyers Guild on them. And does the 
do the police react differently to people wearing those hats then? You know, they used to not. Um, they used to give us a pretty wide berth. They've always known who we are and what we do. But recently I have noticed uh, heightened police aggression directed at um, legal observers. Yesterday probably being the worst. I saw um, two legal observers uh, maced almost at point blank range uh, by police officers despite standing on the sidewalk, standing back and wearing their legal observer hats. It, I, I'm very curious because you have a, a pretty uh, a pretty good experience, or a, I should say a pretty uh, w- good amount of experience with protests, obviously, being a legal observer, and you've been involved in activism on uh, several fronts. So what is your perspective on this protest versus some of the others you've been involved with? Uh, so, I mean, tensions are certainly higher uh, than a lot that I've been at. Um, and this protest was also taking place in the context of a larger national uh, protest, which has made, uh, you know, kind of keeping the narrative straight as to what's going on here in Columbus specifically straight. Um, but, you know, outside of that, I've seen protesters act you know, just the same way they typically do. They're mad. They shout. They might break minor rules about where to stand and keep off the grass. Um, but for the most part, protesters aren't inflicting bodily pain on anybody. You know, they're, they're not, they're not pushing, they're not shoving, they're not hurling people to the ground. They're not using chemical weapons against people. They're not firing wooden bullets. They're not firing rubber bullets. And protesters certainly don't have things like uh, long range acoustic devices or anything like that. So, yeah, you know, it's a, uh, as with all protests, the use of force, and violence is pretty one-sided with the police. Um, but yesterday certainly stood out um, in a really, really bizarre way. Um, I've dealt with the Columbus Division of Police a lot over the years, and I've never seen them fly off the handle that quickly, that aggressively, and without any regard uh, for who they were hurting. It really did seem like they were enjoying it. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the the cops, for the most part, were in a large square at the corner of Broad and High um, with the riot cops out front and their officers uh, in the back behind them. Saw a lot of smirks, a lot of chuckles, and a lot of laughs from the officers in the center of the square as people were being thrown around. Mm. I the, the There are some iconic photographs that have been... Uh floating around on social media and one very powerful image is, uh, and this officer wasn't in riot gear. He was in normal, uh, police uniform, but, uh, spraying almost point blank, spraying a man, a black man in the face who had his hands in the air. And I can imagine he was probably saying, uh, hands up, don't shoot, uh, something like that. But this officer just sprayed, spraying him right in the face, uh, and, and and there couldn't possibly be a reasonable explanation for that. Right. Um, you know, what the police will say is that uh, he was in the street and he was ordered to leave. Um, you know, that seems a uh, pretty bizarre reason to inflict that much pain on a person. Standing in the street is a pretty minor offense when it comes to the whole list of crimes you can commit in the state of Ohio. Um, are these uh, the CS gas, uh, I'm just asking you a bunch of legal questions because you're so much smarter than uh, than than most of uh, of the comedy community in in this regard. Honestly, um, 
Is this a legal weapon when the U.S. is at war with another country? You know, I'm I'm not an attorney yet. I'm not an expert <laughs> on international treaties, but that's fair. I, I have I have seen that in print, um, and it, I, it wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised to learn that that was true. This is pretty gnarly stuff. Um, I got maced in the back of the head Thursday, um, and I've still been washing uh, the mace oils out of my hair uh, every time I shower. My eyes start burning again. So it's a uh, it's pretty ridiculous stuff that they're spraying on people. Wow. Well, I'm I'm very glad to hear that things have changed. That uh, the the peacefulness of the protesters has pretty much uh, made a statement. It seems like and overcame the violence of the police, which is almost storybook. Yeah, especially today, because um, you know it's been an, an objective fact the last four days in Columbus that uh, every time violence has broken out, it's been the police that have struck first, um, and today. Um, while the protests have, uh, you know, led to some traffic jams, some uh, some interrupted commutes, there has been no violence. Um, there's been no destruction of property, nothing like that. Um, and that's largely because the police haven't instigated anything by attacking protesters without provocation. Well, that's incredibly good news, man. Well, I, I don't want to take too much of your time. I know you're out in the thick of it right now, and I, uh, I, I really appreciate <laughs> you taking the time to talk to me, man. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for thanks for uh, chatting. No, no, I appreciate it, and uh, stay safe out there. Will do. See you, Mel. All right, bye. All right, Kyle Dowdy, uh, you've been down in the thick of it, haven't you? Yeah, man, I've gone out a couple of times, uh, pretty much every day. I'm going to go here in a little bit. It's been nuts, man. It's been powerful. It's been crazy. Have you been out uh, today? No, I have not. I heard it's been pretty peaceful. Me and my girlfriend are going to go down. She's uh, doing some homework. We're going to go and protest some more. Cool, cool. So you were down. You were down every day so far. What have you? Uh, what have you been seeing? Uh, man, I'm seeing a lot of angry young people and a lot of cops who uh, feel like they have something to prove. It's been it's been very weird. Um, I thought that when a protest, cops are supposed to be there to make sure people are safe, but they're just kind of abusing it and macing people, and if you don't listen to them, you're just going to get, like, you're going to get hit with a book or whatever. Yeah, and a lot of people have reported that, and there's been a lot of that uh, on Facebook, and it looks like, uh, basically, throughout the interviews I've been recording today, uh, that today basically has been uh, a complete change, which is really, really... uh, hope inspiring uh, for me. So hopefully you see that when you go out too, where you can actually go out and, and, and say your, say your, your thing and speak your mind. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy that, um, since the cops took the, uh, took a different approach and we're just kind of let the, uh, the protesters do the thing. And it's seeming to be a lot smoother. Like no one's getting angry. No one's throwing shit. Have you have you seen uh, some other some other comics and people involved with the, the comedy scene down there? Yeah, uh, I haven't seen Ian, but I've seen his live uh, his live feeds a couple times. Ian Miller. Uh, I ran into Dusty Estep yesterday, and uh, I hung out with him a little bit in March. So uh, Natalie Berkey and Sam Welch have been there handing out water and helping people who have been maced and 
tear gas and stuff. So I've seen a, a lot of people going down there to support. I wonder if, uh, do you, does it seem like there's some level of organization to the backup people, the people that are there helping protesters? Yeah, I mean, there's, um, there's like, people are setting up their own little stations. Me and my sister took some water down there yesterday, and then people had stations where they're handing out water and snacks and milk and saline spray and masks, so we just gave them our water. We're like, here, you guys can have it. Those people seem to kind of be coming to you, and some people are setting up, like, medical tents and, like, medical stations. You can go and get, like, your eyes flushed or any cuts or anything bandaged and taken care of. Yeah, and and have those people been under uh, under specific attack? But uh, that you've seen, um, I I wouldn't say it was specific, but cops definitely didn't care. Uh, it's not like, I didn't think they were being targeted, but like they weren't holding back on those people either. Like if people were there just to help the protesters, because uh, I know I'm friends with one woman who uh, I met through doing stand up. She was down there. Um, uh, helping medically, and the cops just threw a tear gas at them and mace them. When I ran into her, she was all cloudy and covered in mace and stuff. So yeah, that that kind of sucked to see, along with a lot of other stuff. It's like, oh, these people aren't even protesting necessarily. They're to, they're there to help, and cops are still macing them and treating them like animals. Man. What do you think is the is the outcome that you want to see from from this action that you're taking? Um, I've talked to a couple people about this. Where uh, it seems like a lot of people have a different idea of what the protest should be and what the protest should accomplish. And the main goal of it is to stop the brutality of black and minorities with police. And I think the biggest thing that is going to happen is people are finally starting to see uh, that the cops abuse their power, like, all the time. And, like, that's why I like being out there as a white person, and it sucks that I'm getting maced and stuff, but people can see that, like, maybe if, uh, like, someone that, like, doesn't understand police brutality can see me out there protesting, who is white, and they're also white, and, and I'm getting maced, maybe they can actually see where black people are coming from when they talk about police brutality. Yeah. So drawing like sense. a middle line, like, Oh wow. Now people that look like me are experiencing this. It's not, it's not something that these other people are doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so tragic that, that that kind of tribalism uh, is still so powerful that this us and them kind of narrative uh, still continues to thrive. But I, I, I also am hopeful that, that this can draw us together as people. And it, it yeah, seems it is, like that is a is thing. Cr- yeah. Uh, what was that? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it is crazy that uh, people still have that tribalism and they're not looking at all of us as Americans and they're still looking at, like, oh, like, you're a black person, I'm a white person, you're not our people. We're like, that doesn't make any sense. We're all just, we're all Americans. We all should be fighting for just... Um, causes. Yeah. And so, yeah, hopefully this will help. I've seen a lot of people come together on a lot of this. It's great seeing, like, we've seen a lot of, like, guys in, like, trip pants, like, tattoos all over their faces and, like, crazy hair helping out, like, black guys who just got maced. And, like, you normally wouldn't see those groups of people together hanging out. 
and then that's been cool. There's been a lot of uh, good stuff that's going to come out of this. That sounds, yeah, that does sound very hopeful and very unifying. And I would definitely hope that that this is a unifying experience for uh, the citizens of Columbus. And you know, these protests are happening all across the nation. And it's so wild that I haven't even been able to absorb what other cities are dealing with because so much has been happening in our city. Yeah, it's like, it's hard because like when, when um, everything that's happening in Minnesota and Minneapolis, um, you kind of didn't really forget that happened, but it's like a backburner and once it started happening here. And then seeing that like even other countries are starting to protest too, like that's, that's really powerful. I saw a map today that showed all the states where major cities are protesting. It's like the biggest civil rights movement, like uh, people-wise, like the amount of people who are out supporting it and trying to get things moving in the right direction. It's, it's really inspiring. Yeah. Do you think that there will be a, uh, that this will be a marker for change? Uh, man, I sure hope so. I would hate to see this not have a good positive outcome. And I don't see how it can't, like, I mean, I sh- I sent you that video earlier. I don't know if you watched it, but that was a bunch of us sitting in the street, arms locked, not saying anything. The cops didn't even say, give us a warning. They just walked up and looked at us and just started macing us, all of us. And if we didn't run right away, they were, like, bending down and just spraying people in the face. I've seen people get shot with those knee knockers, the wooden pellets. I've seen people just walking away from cops and chasing them, spraying them in the face. It's, and I can't imagine that this doesn't have... A big impact on the way uh, police precincts act and react to people. I did see uh, uh, Tiffany, who's a big supporter of uh, the comedy scene and uh, is friends with a lot of people therein. She uh, happened to pick up one of those wooden bullets, and this thing—it's it, a—it it fits in the palm of of her hand. Yeah, uh, it, it's about an inch and a half in diameter, I would say, and it's probably about an inch thick. This is a giant piece of wood. Oh yeah, I guess what I guess what those are called knee knockers. The cops shoot them at the ground, right in front of people, so they bounce off the ground and they hit you in the legs. I know that uh, another another friend of mine that's also he's involved more in the music scene, uh, but he showed up to the garden for medical support. Uh, you know, he was bleeding from his foot, like through his shoe, because of one of those wooden bullets last night. Yeah, it's crazy how much, uh, how like it seems like they have no regard for like our safety. It's just like it's an excessive use of force. Even the mace, man. I was uh, I was out yesterday morning, and I was there, maybe two or three feet away from the first uh, mace and tear gas, and dude, like. Just one spray of that had, like, 20, 30 people, like, blind. I had to, like, grab onto someone's shirt and lead me to the sidewalk so I could sit down. So I was coughing. I couldn't see. Threw up some. And it's crazy that they're just okay with doing this to people. Did you, in your opinion, did you see anything that, and I'm, I, I completely understand. I'm only asking this uh, kind of rhetorically. I mean, did you see any any situations where it might have been warranted? Um, I would say at least, um, you know, as the night would go on and after people had already been uh, pro or like maced and abused and they start will start throwing stuff at the cops and then it just escalates. 
But from what I've seen, like, the first blow is always when the cops, and it's usually not warranted. It's usually someone yelling, someone angry, and the cop will be like, tell him to back up, and then he won't. And then the cop's like, well, here's your warning. Here's, you know, Mace. And that's kind of shitty to see. Yeah. It's been, it, it's been really traumatic just to watch some of these live streams that you and, and some of the other uh, people in the community have been posting. It, I, on Friday night, I woke up in the middle of the night, not really fully understanding uh, the gravity of everything that was happening. Actually, this might've been Thursday night, uh, but I woke up uh, and watched a couple of live streams, like what the hell? And, and found myself just weeping at the, the brutality yeah. And, and just the, the fact that it just didn't seem, it just didn't seem right. It just seems so fucked. And I, and I couldn't understand it. And, and it's my privilege, you know? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have understood it either had I not gone down Thursday night to protest. And then like, it happened to me. Like I got, I got mace right in my, like right in my face when I was sitting down and dude, I woke up at like four in the morning that same night, Thursday night, and my all of my skin was on fire. We had to change all the bedding in the bed because I didn't get all of it off. And my girlfriend's like coughing, and her eyes are on fire. It's just like, how how can you just spray this stuff in people's faces? And how can you treat us like subhumans when we're just we're like just begging you to stop killing people? And that it shouldn't be that hard of a thing to understand, you know? Yeah. You know, this is, it's weird. This is a comedy podcast and there's nothing funny about what's happening right now, but I, I just couldn't help but notice that everybody, seemingly everybody in the comedy community is out there doing shit. You know what? <laughs> like, it's not, a, it's not like the uh, comedy scene is organized enough or something to have this unified front to go out and protest but everybody yeah. is individually involved and active and doing things. What is it? Do you think about the comedy? Is there something about the comedy community or is it just that, that they all happen to care for the same reasons? Uh, I, it's probably definitely a little bit of both, but I will say since joining the comedy community, I have felt more a part of Columbus's community as a whole, as to like where before I was doing stand up. I just had my friends that I've known, I met through like my own attitudes and we would do our own thing. I never really cared about Columbus. Like I, I didn't understand why people loved it so much. And I, I kind of always wanted to leave. And then I started doing stand up, and I kind of, I got it. You know, you meet people from all different walks of life, people you wouldn't normally interact with. And you realize that everyone here is like really great and supportive. So when something like this goes on, you're like, Oh, this is, this is my city too. Like I'm a part of this. Yeah, and uh, I want to go help. So it, it's been great seeing all the comics go out and support. Well, I don't want to take too much of your time. I know everybody's. Uh, it's been a crazy weekend and a crazy week, but thank you so much for uh, going out and uh, and standing up for a different reason, not to be too cheesy. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean like I've never even protested before, and like when they started doing this, I was like, at first I was kind of hesitant, like I'm not a protester. I usually don't get political but like I, I grew up like when most of my friends are minorities and I grew up around it and I'm like I, I can't call these people my friend if I'm not willing to stand up for the injustices that are happening to them you know so hell yeah man yeah 
All right. Well, stay safe out there and, uh, and you know, keep, uh, keep us posted on those uh, Facebook videos, man. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, man. I'm glad you're uh, giving people uh, a broader voice to talk about this. No problem. No problem at all. It's the least I can do. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. All right, man. Stay safe. All right, you too. Take it easy. Tina Hedwig, I uh, ran into you last night in front of the garden, and uh, you'd you'd been down there a little bit this weekend, haven't you? I have. What have uh, what what have you seen? Uh, well, um, I on I've seen mostly uh, things from live streams uh, from Thursday and Friday, um, and on top of that, uh, re- local reporting. And there seemed to be a pretty huge disparity between those things. Um, and I felt I had to go down there myself Saturday. Um, are you uh, so on? Are you typically into ahead. protests and activism in that way? I I would say, I mean, I I do attend protests, but the ones I've been to have been large organized protests i went to the women's march in dc 2017 um i went to last year's one as well i went to a climate march in new york but these are all things that at least i get the impression had permits and um were supported and escorted by uh, law enforcement so this was this was the first time i had something very different from that yeah this is a new experience and you didn't did you uh did you not go until Saturday then? Correct. So what exactly was the, uh, was the, uh, crossing point there where you were like, I have to do this. I saw a video of a protester. Um, he was leaning towards, a Columbus police department officer. Um, obviously angry, but not touching him. And, I saw the police officer put his hand on his face and shove him. Mm. And to me, there's a very clear line between violence and nonviolence. And I saw that crossed by the people who are supposed to protect people. And that was the difference for me. And that's really what this is all about. That line being crossed. Right. I agree. Yeah. It's been, yeah, it's been incredible how much, uh, Across the nation, not just in Columbus, but across the nation, the it seems to be that the police departments and cities all across the country have been exemplifying exactly what people are protesting against this weekend. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think we're seeing more people turn out and we're seeing more people record. Um, when I was there Saturday, I thought the most important thing for me to do was to record what was happening especially based off of the reporting I'd seen before because I I was pretty tired of seeing the misrepresentation being spread around. It's interesting that, uh, the, the reports that I've seen and heard from firsthand, uh, 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 accounts have uh, been that the police have taped over their, uh, body cameras. Is that something you noticed too? Um, I can't, speak to that i know i was near um uh i want to use the word barricade where uh cops were in riot gear using bikes to form like a line on broad street and 
uh, I noticed a police officer engaging in conversation. So I took the opportunity to be like, do you have body cams? Do you have badges? And uh, well, actually, no, the body cam question went to a different officer later on. My mistake. But uh, she said they were wearing badges beneath their gear. And another officer, when I was asking, like, are you wearing body cameras? There was just no response. So it was pretty hard to engage in dialogue directly mm -hmm. um, over questions I thought weren't um, loaded. But I, I then well, again, yeah. I don't it know. shouldn't that should be a yes or no easy answer. Yeah, you would think. Hmm. Did you uh, did you happen to uh, experience any of the violence on your person? Did you did were you attacked in any way? Well, I think it depends on how you define violence. Um, to me, it's very clear when you put your hands on someone else. No one put their hands on me. Um, but I was again near a barricade. Again, I'm using the word the same way I described it before, uh, and. A police officer nearby began pepper spraying. They sprayed someone directly in the face right next to me. And I was wearing huge sunglasses and a face mask, so it didn't get me too bad. It got the sides of my face. Um, and I coughed a little bit. I was able to take care of myself, so it wasn't too bad. Honestly, the worst thing was <laughs> I put on um, gloves because I thought that would help. I didn't understand what was chemically going on. <laughs> and... For some reason, when I put the gloves on, whatever lingering spray, pepper spray that had been on my hands began like cooking inside the gloves. It was awful. That ended up hurting way more than anything else and lasted for like the rest of the day. Wow. The burning. That's, uh, <clears throat> I, I see, I, I had no idea what to expect in those situations. And there's some people in our community that, are giving advice and saying, Hey, be ready for this, be ready for that. And I'm like, Oh shit. And when I showed up at the garden last night to, to help in, in whatever way I was able, um, I started seeing a lot of people that were not prepared for what they were getting into that didn't realize they needed earplugs, that they needed goggles, yeah. that they needed saline solution and, and so on. Did you yeah. see those people in the thick of it? I would say that was most of the people. Um, and again, I was coming into that experience with my past experiences with protests. I wasn't prepared for that either, but I had a vague understanding that something like that could happen. And, um, you know, I don't know what's in pepper spray. I don't know how a rubber bullet, how that's going to hurt you exactly. You know, I, I've seen pictures now after the fact, but, um, yeah, I, I think most of the people had an idea that something was going to happen, which is why I felt like the preparation was like, we got milk, we got water, we got snacks, we got saline or saline solution for people to pour over their eyes. But I mean, it, when I saw the police really escalate, at least in my opinion, well, it's kind of like a longer story. Again, I, I mentioned to you, I was kind of trying to process how I felt Yeah. about this. Um, I, I wasn't physically there Thursday or Friday. I came Saturday around 10 a.m. right at the start. And people were peacefully walking on the perimeter of the state house back and forth protesting. Right when I got there, 
I saw like riot gear clad police officers slipping out of the state house. I, I distinctly remember taking pictures and video of that. Um, because I, why were they there? Like, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> they were prepared to do things before there was reason for it. Uh, yeah. Which raises a huge red flag. Uh, so I, I tried to document those things because I've never seen anything like that anywhere else I've been at. I it, noticed it you wasn't haven't... necessary. We no one was looting or whatever the fuck. Like I know they're the messaging is now, but that wasn't going on Saturday morning. There were different people there, and also I'm sure some of the people that had been there the days before. But mm. how I don't understand how they came to a conclusion about how to handle things before things begin began to happen. That didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it seems like it, it would make sense for uh, a police force that wanted to keep pe- the citizens of our city safe to be prepared for some kind of action. What doesn't make sense is for people at at 12 in the afternoon when people are just walking and chanting to show up and start pepper spraying using CS gas and wooden bullets. Yeah, uh, it made no sense to me. And that's coming from the perspective of somebody who's not a police officer, doesn't have family in the force. Uh, I could easily think of different orders that could have gone out that would have completely changed how things were going down. Like they're playing like the street itself became lava. And if anyone stepped on it, they could use whatever force is necessary. That's wild. (laughs) That is wild. Well, um, I think that the good news is that from the the interviews that uh, that our listeners have heard so far, uh, people that are that are out today are saying that there is a market change and that the uh, the police are now actually acting like they care about the citizens of Columbus. So something at the top happened. Somebody somebody made some changes at the top of the food chain there. Yeah. So that's a that is a very a, a huge improvement uh, on the uh, situation that's been going down this week, and I'm very happy to hear that. I I see it as a small sign of encouragement uh, because it's not a systemic answer. Right, it's someone just having a change of heart because of what they were seeing, as opposed to taking the responsibility to see and understand things for themselves. So it could just as easily happen again with somebody who doesn't know any better thinking they don't need to have a full understanding or grasp on the orders that they're um, making. So while it's slightly encouraging, I, I'm not satisfied with it. Yeah. Amidst the chaos, amidst the whole, uh, the trauma and everything that was happening, did you, did you see any, any, uh, anything that gave you hope or that gave you a, a, a positive feeling for the future, uh, in that, in that experience? Literally every protester that showed up did the numbers that, that was extremely encouraging for me. Um, and it made me want to get involved in other ways that I plan to in the future. Um, so I might not, I feel like I was very naive going into the protest yesterday. Um, 
and I felt very humbled coming out of that experience. Um, and I'm trying to better understand what power and authority I have and how to best utilize it, uh, given what I've seen. And yeah. I know it's going to be way harder than I initially thought. And I'm glad I went there to see it for myself. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm very, I'm very, I was very happy to see you. It actually took me probably 10 minutes to figure out who the hell you were last night. Because, <laughs> that was the point. Because <laughs> you were all masked up and, uh, and, and, and ready. <laughs> of course, like once I realized it, I didn't, I acted like I, like I knew the whole time though. <laughs> But I want to I want to just thank you so much for uh, taking this uh, this time today to talk to me and also for for being out there and fighting the good fight and uh, and doing what you what you know is right. Thank you, Mel. All right. Well, stay safe and uh, and and good luck out there tonight. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye. 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 Griffin Browning, uh, we've been working together a little bit with the Frowning Browning stuff, and uh, couldn't uh, couldn't help but ha- but talk to you because you've been out there. You live right in the Short North, so yes, very close to us. Yeah, you. So have you have you been seeing this all weekend then uh, from your uh, from your home and 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 from your neighborhood? I've actually spent more time downtown near the State House than anything. Um, I was in the Short North a little bit yesterday. It hasn't quite spilled over into my neighborhood yet, but I think if they keep downtown locked up as much as they're trying to, I think it'll probably start to spill out into other neighborhoods. So um, I've been able to hear some of it from my house, but I haven't really seen anyone in my neighborhood yet, but um, it's just down the street. I know the garden has kind of been a hub for protesters and that's just down the street from me. So yeah. And you were out there yesterday and, uh, and from what I understand, you're out there right now. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear it in the background. There is a huge procession of people walking down uh, what street are on? on Broad Street right now. Um, it's surprisingly organized today. Um, I, there's there's not a lot of police here, um, and I think that that's why we're seeing such an organized, peaceful protest uh, compared to what happened yesterday, where the police just instigated violence almost immediately. So you have, and you still at this point now, uh, at the time of recording, it's after six thirty in the evening on Sunday, and at this point, you're not seeing the uh, any any escalation necessarily. No, not not from police. Uh, the crowd is getting a little wilder, but uh, they're still keeping it very very peaceful, very organized. Um, I'm just I'm I'm so impressed with this crowd right now. That's fantastic, and you've been involved in activism for sure uh in the columbus community have you been involved in protests and things like that not on this scale um i've done a little bit of time for uh some of the pro-choice protests um i've spoken at the state house nothing on this level though i think that this is i mean this is this is unreal what's happening right now um i i'm just like i'm looking at broad street and i can't see the end of the people in either direction wow so this is this is just a different level. What would your advice be for other uh, white people that aren't sure what to do or how to act or be involved? Uh, I, I mean, I think that that's a really good question and a really tough question. Um, I don't think that people that consider themselves allies don't feel like if, if you're not 
if you don't feel safe going to the protest, don't go to the protest. Um, there's so many other ways that you can support this movement. You can donate to the right organizations. Um, what I would say is if you are going to go, um, listen to the black leadership of these movements and just go with what they're telling you. If they tell you that they need white people in the front line staring down the police, be ready to jump in there. Um, as much as you can, just put yourself between cops and the people that need help. Um, and that can be very scary. Um, it's kind of an adrenaline rush. Um, and like I said, don't feel like you have to do that if you're not feeling safe. There's so many other ways, even if you are at these protests, to help. Um, there's people giving out water, offering medical attention. Um, even just being on your phone and filming it so there's a record of what's happening is so important because everything that I've seen from the media, they're only telling about half the story. So there's so many different ways to help, whether it's from home or on the front lines of these protests. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's something that's, that's helpful because myself, I've never been a protester. I've never been involved in that. And that's a privilege. That's because of my privilege. And when I saw this, it was just so, so far beyond the pale that I, 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 and I, but I also was like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like I've, uh, you know what I mean? Like I've never had to fight this fight, but this fight must be fought. And I, and I, I guess there's probably a lot of people that are feeling that way in the, you know, in the majority of America, in the in the white population. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the best thing you can do is, is just try to listen to the black leadership, these protests, figure out what their needs are, what you can do. Um, sometimes just showing up and standing there is, is enough. Um, there's, you know, there, there's there's no too few amount of, of what you can give to these protests. Um, like I said, even if it's even if you are more comfortable staying home, there are so many good organizations that donate to in Columbus right now. I have to give a shout out to the Columbus Freedom Fund. They are doing such important work right now. Um, if you want to help directly in Columbus, that's the way to go. Find an organization yeah. like that. Just give give what you can. I know that's tough for a lot of people right now. A lot of people are unemployed, are struggling. Um, it, it, like I said, just find a way to help if you can, um, whether yeah. it's showing up. Thing, um, whatever works for you. The Columbus Freedom Fund, uh, they are, uh, are, are, are they uh, trying to uh, help people that have been arrested by this? Is that the game? Yeah, that's, that's their main focus right now. Um, it's, they, they work a lot with bail and sort of reforming the bail system. They also have larger goals of reforming the uh, criminal justice system. But right now, what their efforts are, are really important for is focusing on people that are getting arrested at these protests, getting them out of jail as soon as I can. Um, the bail system is so broken and it traps so many people in jail. Um, so if you, if you want to directly help these people that, that are suffering from these protests, uh, that's the way to do it. Um, cause you, you know, any donation will help get someone out of bail, get them back on the front lines or at the very least get them back home. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. And I know, you know, you had mentioned them to me as a potential, uh, uh, group that we would donate to for our, the frowning Browning game show. And I hadn't really heard of them before that, yeah. but you'd worked with them with stand up for choice also, right? Yeah. The last stand up for choice we did, they were one of our beneficiaries. We sort of split our resources last time because there were a lot of different groups that needed help at that time. Um, but they, they are a group that is always, always going to be appreciative of help is always going to need help. Yeah. Um, Look them up, try to learn about them. Um, and like I said, even if that's not the group that, that you want to get to, there's so many other groups out there that are doing good work. Um, it's, it's just a matter of just getting online, um, asking the people you know that are involved in these things, that are involved in activism. Uh, you know, they will point you in the right direction. It can, 
it can be really hard to ask those questions sometimes without feeling like you're maybe intruding into areas that, that you don't necessarily belong. Um, but so many people are going to be willing to help you and point you in the right direction. Uh, don't be afraid to ask. All right. Well, that's great advice, man. I really appreciate it. And I know you're, uh, you're right in the thick of it right now, so I don't want to take too much of your time. But I appreciate the hell out of you talking to me. Thank you. Yeah, we'll see what happens the rest of the night. Uh, like I said, as of right now, um, it is it is incredibly peaceful. Um, my fear is that as soon as law enforcement starts to get back involved, we're going to see what we saw yesterday, which is an escalation of violence from the police. Yeah, um, I so already I hope that got that doesn't the, happen. Uh, but um, I got the warning on my phone the, uh, the 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 push notification on my phone from the uh, <laughs> that there's a the state of emergency that curfew starts at ten. Yep. Um, yep. So I received that today. So I would imagine they're going to be enforcing that yeah, to some extent. That's that's just a tool that they're using so the cops can remove people from the streets as forcibly as they want. Uh, that's it's very calculated what they're doing. We saw it yesterday. Um, I'm worried that you know the similar thing is going to happen today. Um, the main difference right now is just there aren't police on the streets right now, so people are acting very peacefully. Um, yeah. And I hope that it continues to go that way. But we'll see how the rest of the night turns out. Yeah. All right, man. We'll stay safe out there. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for doing these interviews. Oh, no problem, man. Bye. All right. Take care. Nikki Winkleman, uh, I'm so I'm so glad to be talking to you. Uh, I'd like to know how you're dealing with all the trauma this weekend. It's been hard to handle, but I feel bad even saying that it's been hard for me. I think it's good that it's been hard for me because it gives me a chance to feel even just a tiny fraction of what what black people have been feeling for decades so yeah it's it's been a lot but it's been I think it's everything going on is very important and uh, I'm trying to do my best to do my part <laughs> yeah you know I've I've spoken with a lot of uh, of white people that that have been at the protests and that uh, they it's their first time going and they don't know what to do and they're, they're confused by all of this and they, they're in disbelief at the violence from the police. And it's really myself included. It's just an amazing uh, opportunity to check your privilege as a, as a white person in today's society that we don't understand what it's like to be afraid of the cops in this way. Right. We don't. And I, I'll be perfectly upfront. I have not been down to the protests and there are a number of reasons why mostly that i have a very young son at home he's a toddler and uh, I'm, I'm needed to take care of him but i think i've been trying to do my best to to stay informed and keep an eye on firsthand reports you know watch the videos read the stories of the people that are down there it's so easy to turn on the news and get caught up in whatever spin they're going to give it. And uh, I really try to listen from, to, to the people that are down there from protesters to medics, to uh, legal observers and listen to their stories and, uh, and try to get their side of it. And um, I think what everyone's doing down there is amazing and sounds really difficult. I know it's not possible for everyone for a number of reasons. Another reason I haven't gone down there is that I have, mental illness and uh, it, it would be very difficult for me to be down there. And I think people do need to take care of themselves as well. Yeah. I encourage anyone who is struggling with being down there to make sure to take a break, take care of yourself because you're needed 
<laughs> for this fight and uh you can't keep swimming if you drown so yeah and and I think that it's also important to remember that our part of our allyship part of our job if we do care about the lives of black people in America is to be every day talking to our white people talking to our peers yeah. and uh not not letting uh bullshit go unchecked Right. This has been a learning, a needed learning experience for me as well. Uh, I'm kind of learning as I go because I, there were a number of things that I was doing wrong without knowing that they were wrong. I've always taken the approach on my social media page that I wasn't going to get involved in anything political, that much like I've approached my comedy shows, I'm, I'm a source of, of entertainment you come to me for a healthy distraction. You come to me to laugh. And so I always tried to keep my social media page like that. And then I read a number of posts. It was, it was very, I was very upset after seeing uh, the photos and I did not watch the video, but reading the story of what happened to George Floyd, but I didn't say anything about it. And then I saw a number of posts from, from my friends and from black friends saying that white people who are silent, we see you. And I realized that I can't let silence speak for me. And uh, if you've noticed since I said that, my page has been nothing but this. <laughs> and I'm still trying to figure out what's the right thing to say. And it, it is not easy, but I have to remember that it not being easy for me to be a perfect ally is still a privilege. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it, no matter how hard I think it is to be a good ally, it is still not going to be harder than the life that every black person I know has lived. Yeah. So um, I try to keep that in mind, try to keep that in check. I try to remember that I'm not doing this for reward. I'm not doing this for praise or for thanks. And that if I speak up and, and, you know, black people aren't saying, thank you. Good for you. <laughs> they don't need to do that. <laughs> That's yeah. not what this is about. This is about helping them. And it's not about me. So. I hope that, that part of the success of this rally is that more, more white people are going to come to that conclusion and start speaking more. And you know, that I feel like that's part of this is raising awareness, obviously. Right. Yeah. It's raising awareness. Yeah. It's tough because there's a, a lot of stuff out there, you know, that I think some people do legitimately not know the right thing to say and they want to learn. I was one of those people, but it's not, the responsibility of people of color to inform us, you know, it's not, it's not a black person's responsibility to educate us. But then at the same time, it's a little tricky for us to educate each other because that's a little bit of like the blind leading the blind. So it's trying, it's trying to find that balance and trying, trying to be a good, a good ally and, and trying to be in solidarity. Cause I didn't even realize that the difference between solidarity and allyship until a friend of mine on Facebook, Alana shared an article with me that was really eye opening. So I'm learning things even just today. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, I saw that, that article that you posted uh, today and that, that was really yeah. interesting yeah. because those kind of things are really, really important for, uh, for people to take in. Right. Yeah, I mean, as some people might read this and they say, Oh, you're just nitpicking and stuff, you know, and it's, it's all semantics, but I think semantics are important. I mean, especially when you look at the protests, there are people who are saying the protesters and then referring to the vandalism. The, the, there's a difference between vandals 
rioters and protesters. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. when you use the same word for everybody, that 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 destroys what's happening down there. You know, the people who are rioting, people who are looting are not the same people as the people that are protesting. (laughs) There are some people doing both, but there are some a majority of the people that are down there are being peaceful. The way that I feel that it, from uh, everyone I've talked to and uh, from what I've seen, the people that are rioting are generally the police officers and the people that are protesting are generally uh, peaceful citizens of Columbus. That's what I'm gathering, too, from what I've been reading and what I've been seeing. Again, I'm, I'm giving secondhand information here because I was not down there. But, um, you know, I've, the, the video is, is pretty, uh, pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have. So after after this, this kind of uh, this kind of realization and, and, uh, for instance, reading this article about allyship versus solidarity, which, by the way, to to just kind of generalize this article, this is uh, favoring solidarity with uh, people of color as opposed to uh, just calling yourself an ally. So it's, it's kind of like action versus talk is the general idea. I think the first the first point says, as allies, we are helping or standing up for someone who is disadvantaged. In solidarity, we recognize the destructiveness of white supremacy to all humanity. I think that's really important that you want to make sure that your help doesn't come from a place of being better than somebody. And sometimes you don't even realize that you're doing it, you know, and there were things that I didn't even realize that I was doing, such as letting silence speak for me. And uh, and that's because that's you know, I grew up with this skin. I'm not, I'm not proud of that privilege. (laughs) I don't like it. It's not fair to other people, but it is a fact. And if I try and deny that fact, like you see so many people saying, Oh, I didn't grow up privileged. You know, (laughs) you see a lot of straight white males saying I wasn't privileged just because they come from a family that wasn't as rich as the other white people around them. That doesn't change the fact that you grew up with certain privileges that, that were given to you at birth. And I think right. not acknowledging that is a problem. Yeah, it's, I think I've definitely struggled with that because it's so hard to see other perspectives. You have to be really self-aware. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I guess I, I sit here and like, you know, I'm this straight white, you know, uh, het guy, uh, you know, male at birth. And I have had none of those problems. But then I look at my life and I have depression and I have, uh, you know, I grew up uh, in poverty and without a father and all these things. And I'm like, oh, my life's been hard. You know, nobody understands me. And, and it just, it takes a lot of, of self-awareness to say, hey, you can actually be helping people that are, that are suffering a lot of those same things and right. then more. And, you know, it, it's the old saying that someone else's broken leg doesn't cure your sprained ankle. So uh, just because somebody has it harder than you doesn't mean that you don't have it hard but focusing on that right now is problematic you know what I mean so I I have to limp through my sprained ankle in order to help somebody with a broken leg it's kind of how I'm looking at it that doesn't invalidate my own experience and the hardships that I've had because I've certainly had hardships my hardships are just different and not necessarily one is better or worse but the this is a systematic problem that we're dealing with, you know, 
globally and and it needs attention right now so you know i'll get an ice pack later <laughs> yeah 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 you can triage that <laughs> yeah. and uh and keep marching right. or, or i can you support it, right? this movement and still go to therapy for my own mental illness it doesn't one doesn't outweigh the uh or doesn't um and i mean one right now one does outweigh the other for me but uh because in some ways I feel like I, I am putting, treating my mental health on hold because I don't normally spend this much time on social media because it's not good for me, but I feel like it's important right now. So I don't know. And all of that stuff is just stuff yeah. I'm trying to navigate as I go through this, but uh, I'm, I'm no, I know I'm not doing it perfectly, but I do honestly believe I'm, I'm trying to be better as I go. Well, after speaking with, uh, with, with some of the, some of the comics uh, today that I've been interviewing, that's one of the things that, that has come up is, is that how to do this right. You know, is there <laughs> what, what exactly to do and, and, you know, is feeling guilty about it helpful or are what kind of actions should be taken? You know, is, is it money? Is it, uh, throwing in, in, in some sort of physical way, uh, with, with labor or something like that? And, I don't know if I know all the answers yet. Do you, I mean, have you thought of like uh, different ways that you're uh, considering acting yeah, in the future? Um, well, and one of another friend of mine who's been down there on, uh, on the front lines, a Facebook friend of my name, Jordan shared uh, something that I then reshared on my page saying that, uh, you know, not everyone is made for the front line and there are other ways to support. I'm just going to go ahead and read them because it's really great that she shared this. Donate to a bail fund, donate medical supplies, feed people, buy food and water, or make food and donate. Volunteer to food supply. Um, continue to educate people around you. Uh, she said this is also emotional labor. Um, pick up people from the hot zone if they need it. Offer to watch little kids of parents and organizers. Um, parents who are organizers donate directly to the frontline people um i've done some of that and here i'm not here to brag about my donations i've been trying to make them as many as them uh, anonymous as possible because i want to remind myself this isn't about me um so yeah write yeah. articles and blog posts organize um on your jobs um uh, so, and again, yeah, and then at the end, she says, copy and paste and share if you want. And, and I think, yeah, sharing as much as possible is an easy thing to do. If you see something you agree with, you see something that's important, share it. And if somebody argues with you in the comments, I think that's what a lot of white people are afraid of. They're like, well, I don't want to say something because I don't want people to start arguing. And if that's mm-hmm. the worst thing happening in your day, you've, you've got to take a moment to realize that that's that's not a bad life you have, <laughs> you know? And that's yeah. what I remind myself. Cause I was like, I don't want people to argue. I'm like, well, people are going to argue and I can use my voice to say what I think is right and potentially change somebody's mind. Not that there aren't times when I'm like, well, this person's hopeless. And so I'm just going to, you know, not engage here. But there have even been a few people that I've engaged with in the last couple of days that I think might be seeing things differently now and people who have engaged with me that have caused me to see things differently now. So, yeah, it may. Yeah, I think when you avoid the argument, you also uh, remove yourself from the ability to uh, to have those those growths. Right. right? You're, you're taking that away from others because 
I don't know. Nobody's going to change their mind because of one argument on Facebook, right? right? And that's kind of the yeah. joke. <laughs> but these experiences, these these interactions do add up yeah. sometimes. And people do, in the end, come away with a different perspective after a number of them. And I'm not saying everyone. God knows that's not true. Yeah. But I think it is important to speak about these things and... I think that the scary thing is, is that we end up like, you know, blocking people because it's too, it's too depressing or it's too dark to have these negative, uh, these negative people in your, in your, in your social media life. Right. And certainly in your, in your real life. So we just kind of block them out. But I guess at that point we are, we are also removing them from our, uh, circle right, of influence from our reach. You know? yeah and then you're just shouting into an echo chamber <laughs> you know i know a lot right. of people make their posts public so that anybody can see them but you're not ending up in somebody's feed unless you're quote unquote friends with them so um, i try my best to um allow those people to be within my reach if they become problematic or attacking or threatening um within my comments then i i do remove them because i'm it's tough it's a tough yeah yeah no absolutely just like all of the rest of this there's no easy solution to it yeah it definitely takes uh talking and uh and and reasoning with people and people that that I feel like like other white people that that we might work with that have these kind of uh uh sheltered uh viewpoints where they don't understand the the situation a lot of those a lot of those people are are going to listen to you before they listen to uh to a person of color for whatever reason yeah and that that is sad and that is where i i sometimes struggle because i struggle with when is the right time for me to speak up because i don't want to speak for anyone i don't want to make this about me in some ways i think to myself this isn't my fight but then I think if I say that, then I'm not part of it and I need to be part of it because that's what's right. So it's it's a tricky balance finding when to speak up. Um, and I think, again, that article and some of the things that my uh, my friends have said um, are helpful in that way and in, in that um, not to speak over um, your black friends, but to amplify them. Know when to, when it's important to speak up but also know when to kind of let somebody else speak. But I, I think we also have to call out our white friends on their bullshit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's been something that is, it's weird because it's like the only thing that is for me is uncomfortable. It's not painful to speak out when I'm at work and, you know, somebody says something blatantly racist or harmful it would, it's just, it's just easier for me to just ignore yeah. it. Right. Cause it doesn't actually hurt right. me, right? you know, but what it's, but it's so harmful that that silence at that moment is so harmful for so many other yeah. people because every time I validate that, that kind of language, that kind of activity with my silence, then I'm not, I, I'm just missing that opportunity to provide correction for somebody that, might not 
be a, a horrible person, but just has bad right. ideas. You see uh, people posting Black Lives Matter, and then you see somebody commenting All Lives Matter, and then you see the original poster not engaging with that. And while I do understand not wanting to engage with that, because like, honestly, if you don't know by now that that's a stupid thing to say, <laughs> I, I got almost nothing for you. But at the same time, then your black friends see you posting All Lives Matter, but then ignoring the fact that somebody says all lives matter. So it, it feels almost like it negates your original statement to, to them, you know, I, I, again, I don't want to speak for them, but um, it was an, in another article that I was reading about um, that exact uh, situation um, where a black person posted something, a white friend shared it and then didn't stand up when another white person argued about it. And it's not the responsibility of the black people to step in and say, hey, white person on another white person's post, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's our responsibility to call out our friends. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we haven't we haven't had to deal with nearly as much bullshit as any of our friends uh, of color have. And. I, it's, it's kind of, I've taken the, the attitude in recent years that it's, that it's basically my obligation after being given all of this privilege at no cost to myself that I, I owe it to, uh, to the rest of the world that doesn't have this privilege to, uh, to use that for good in yeah. some way, which sounds like high and mighty and like, I'm you know. Yeah. Again, that's where it becomes tricky. It, it's just like, I want to do good with this, but then I don't, do I seem high and mighty? <laughs> it's, it is really hard. I've yeah. tried to accept, I'm not going to do this perfectly. I'm going to continue to learn when people give me feedback. I'm going to try and listen to it with an open mind and, um, and with empathy. I'm not necessarily going to agree with everyone that gives me feedback, but, um, but I'm certainly going to listen, to, especially to my POC friends who give me feedback on, on how I can be better at solidarity. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's the best. That's the best answer. You have to wrestle with it and you have to, you have to grow. Well, I, uh, I really appreciate talking to you. Thank you so much for, uh, for spending some time with me here on this, uh, on this crazy Thank you weekend so much for, uh, for including me. I, I'm, I guess a part of me feels kind of silly because I'm just another white voice, but if, um, if it helps, then it helps. And that's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's like we were just saying, you know, that, that us as white people are, are, are wrestling with our privilege and it's good. I think it's good for other white people to hear that, you know? So anyway, uh, thanks again. And, uh, you know, stay safe and, uh, and, and thank you for everything thank you, you're doing. You Bianca Moore, thank you so much for talking to me. I, uh, I understand you just got home from the protests. Yep. I just got home right before the curfew um, initiated. So I, I made sure to allot myself enough time to make sure I get, had enough time to get home. And you've been you've been at it all day then, and have you? I'm I'm guessing maybe all weekend. Not necessarily all weekend. The protest started on Thursday, um, and then went through today. And I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to go on. Um, I didn't go on Thursday or Friday 
um, simply because coronavirus is still a thing that's happening. Um, and I have one lung, so I knew that I would be vulnerable going out there. However, after watching like a Facebook Live throughout Thursday and Friday, like monitoring like where everybody is, trying to help people arrange rides to like trying to kind of feeling helpless at home, I kind of felt like I had no choice <laughs> but to then go out. So um, on Saturday, I ran supplies to um, a supply drop and then um, walked around for a bit with supplies. Um, and then I, people donated uh, so I can, in order for me to get more supplies. Um, wow. So I've just kind of been um, through Saturday afternoon through about and like a few minutes ago, I've been just getting items to um, the, uh, to the supply drop. So you've been you've been really uh, doing some of the behind the scenes work of of transporting uh, supplies, that kind of thing. Have you had time yeah. to go out and and take part in some of the 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 calls and the the chants, things like that? Yeah, I've done I've done definitely more of running materials, but I've also um, been on the front line. Um, but I just happened to avoid when they were, you know, tear gassing people. Yeah. So I did manage to avoid that. Well, that sounds really, really like a really huge uh, blessing. I had no idea you only had one lung. That's fucking insane. So you've got COVID and all this tear gas and mace and shit. Yeah. I've um, really been trying to avoid um, getting tear gas uh, because, Again, I, I have one lung, so that would cause a whole lot of coughing that my respiratory system would not be a fan of. Holy moly. Wow. So I have been hearing some 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 different news throughout the day. Like for most of the day, it seemed like things were fairly peaceful because of the, the, uh, the downplayed police presence. Uh, towards the end of the day, say around six or seven, I started hearing uh, more that there was more unnecessary violence from the police. Is that true? Yeah, um, it's very interesting because because um, I of course I got to the protest later. I got like I got there around five because it was I'm doing supply jobs. Um, however, um, my friend sent me a screenshot of an article. It's like, oh, protests are peaceful today because of police had changed their tactics and so they had this article that's going around it's like this fluff piece that like oh police are being more receptive and like trying to be more understanding da, 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 da. that article was circulated for a few hours and then while protesters had their hands up in protest um because it was of course hands up don't shoot they got hit with tear gas and i was there for that um i was mm. um in my car at that point um circulating um, corralling with the other cars that were there, but I did see that happen. Damn. I was so it's kind of very interesting to me that they had this piece of, about like them downplaying police presence. And that's going to be the first thing that people, um, fight when, after they hear like, Oh, there was violence again. It must've been from the protesters because the police were so peaceful today. I read that article earlier in the day. Oh yeah. You know, I was, I, I was honestly like getting like a, a glimmer of hope for, for 
this being a, a great example of, of what the problem is, is police brutality. That's the whole point, right? So I was getting this, like, this kind of hope that people would see the difference, you know, between Saturday and Sunday in that way. And then, I don't know, maybe they still will. Maybe it'll, it'll work the same way when, when all of a sudden the police started, you know, unnecessarily shooting and, and gassing people, then things might have, you know, got, got crazier. But I don't know, the entire time it seems like all I've been hearing is that despite all of the tear gas and the, and the wooden bullets, that people have been fairly peaceful in, in spite of it. Yeah, it, every single, like I watched it happen on Facebook Live on Thursday. I watched it happen on Facebook Live on Friday. Um, I watched it happen on, on Saturday. The protests were peaceful until police incited violence. I watched my friend get dragged on Facebook um, Live and sprayed her face for literally no reason. What they're citing is that they're throwing things at cops and they're claiming that, oh, they're throwing glass and rocks. At most, people are throwing water bottles, uh, which people have opinions on whether that's okay. But at the end of the day, it's a water bottle. And they're not, they're in most cases not directly hitting the police. Um, and those people that are throwing those water bottles are at least 20 to 30 feet back. So, yeah, it sure as shit isn't a fucking wooden bullet. Yeah, it's not, it's definitely not the same energy as a wooden bullet. Um, so it's, it's just very weak justification of that. And then people twisting like, oh, they're throwing rocks and they're throwing, no one was throwing rocks at the police before, like no one was doing that, but the police inside the violence. And if you check with other people who are protesting in other cities, it's the same story that police. Um, it, the protests were peaceful until the police instigated violence. Yeah. And that's what those bullshit fucking emergency side, like, oh, like Columbus is a state of emergency. Those things are bullshit and they're just using it as an excuse to try to get better crowd control of a crowd that is peacefully protesting. Yeah. It seemed, uh, it seemed today that everything was, uh, very under control, you know, so, what the hell? And you gotta watch like, the, like in people, there's people that are like, "Oh, I watched the 10 TV live, and it looked like in like this, like the." If you're watching the Facebook live feed of a major news network in your city, it's ten, like nine times out of ten, it's gonna be bullshit. We are certainly gonna show one part of the story distinctly on Thursday when T- 10 TV was do like airing. Um, they did not shoot tear gas again until 10 TV left. Wow. There was also so, some discussion of the live feed from uh, Broad and High that 10 mm-hmm. TV had that it cut out when the police started shooting tear gas immediately. Yeah, um, all I know is um, like the protesters got there, then violence was incited by the police, and police started gassing. Then 10 TV got there. They did not gas during the duration of, like, 10TV's presence there. 10TV packed up, and then they started gassing again. Like it was scheduled. Wow. Yeah. It was it was ridiculous. Um, and I was literally in, like, in my room, like, watching, like, as many live feeds as I could. I was on my phone. I was on my iPad, switching through live feeds, trying to get all the different angles 
trying to help people meet people and like to the best of my abilities um, with, with limited success. But I was also just trying to make sure if people needed ways home, people were hitting me up and was like, if you know anyone who needs a way home, let me know. So I was commenting on feeds like, are you like, do you have a way home? Are you safe? Things like that. Yeah. Then like I did that for Thursday and Friday. And then I was just like, I, I, and I was like still debating on Saturday morning whether I was going to go out. And then I kind of just said fuck it and went out um, anyway, um, despite like, of course, me being concerned about catching COVID. But I had my mask, I had hand sanitizer on me, and I'm going to isolate for two weeks um, because uh, I want to just make sure that I'm safe and not, if I did contract it, um, that I'm not spreading it. Yeah. So I've, I've talked to, I've got like maybe um, counting here, like somewhere around nine people I've talked to already. And I, I've, you will have been the second person of color that I've spoke with today. And, and I feel, I feel pretty fucking weird about that. Uh, given the, the racial dimension of all of this, obviously. How have have you, uh, like, how have you, been uh how, how have you been seeing white people white friends of yours uh dealing with this are they out there front lines are they are, are you are you seeing people hanging back not sure of themselves or not sure of what their level of involvement should be is there any weirdness like that well the, well, the benefit of being as loud as i am on my facebook is that people who are kind of unsure about these issues usually leave before these things type of things happen. Um, but I did have a few stragglers on my Facebook, um, so to speak. Most of my friends, like most of my friends that are allies are pretty awesome. Um, they're either on the front lines or they're actively donating or actively providing supplies and services um, or um, actively uh, making sure that their comment sections don't have bigotry in them, um, which I think is a lot of what a lot of allies forget to do is like if they like share a post, it's like, Oh, black lives matter. And then like one of their racist cousins gets in the comments. And like, oh, and like they don't say anything about it. It's like, Hey, this is kind of part of the deal too. It's, you yeah. kind of have to be like, you have to have this position all the time. You can't, it's kind of like saying like, I am against racism until it makes my family dynamic uncomfortable, which is not really being an ally, but um, saying that was a long way of saying. Most of my friends have been really awesome. Um, they're either showing up from the front lines or um, showing up at supply drops, trying to volunteer best the way they can, um, donating. Um, like my my Venmo and my Cash App lit up after I told people that I was accepting donations, or my, not even that I was accepting donations. I just told people that I was running to get supplies, and then people just donated um incident um but there are some people that i've noticed like are fairly quiet and i'm just like i like i see you be quiet like i can see that you're not taking a stance on this issue but i do see that you're just like putting up your like fifth picture like your fifth inspirational quote that has nothing to do with the situation i do see that oh um, man yeah and then I, I personally even got that uploaded on my uh, Facebook and people dirty deleting their posts after, like, they realized that nobody was coming to their defense. 
Um, so I made a huge call out post on my Facebook. I like, I, I, I definitely lost my patience at this point of just dealing with people who are complacent or people who are just like definitely like on the wrong side of history on this. And just like, this, this isn't really up for debate. <laughs> yeah. But again, a long way to say most of my friends are awesome. Um, and the ones who are not, I see them. And the ones who are especially not, I'm actively calling them out because I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. Now thinking back, it was kind of stupid for me to, to suggest that you might have friends that weren't all in, <laughs> but yeah, there is, um, feed them out pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're not going to put up with that shit. That'd no. be some really self-hating stuff, uh, to keep people around like that, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I guess there are, uh, there are probably a lot of white people I'm guessing that, that are seeing this stuff and becoming uh, more aware than, than before after this weekend, you know, Yeah, I, I think there are definitely some people who are like kind of like changing their perspectives on kind of um, after either seeing the protests or just kind of seeing what, like how this situation played out with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, like that one still blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think with these specific situations, there are kind of like, there are people that are like, you know what, maybe this is a problem. And like, good for you for getting there, but we've, we've been doing this shit for a while. Um, so kind of, kind of need to make up for lost time. Um, yeah. And kind of like in, like in my opinion, it's just, like thanks for thanks for coming to play, but like the war already started. <laughs> well, are you feeling welcome, welcome now? Are are you feeling like more more support from uh, from white people in society than than before, or is there any shift that you're sensing? I mean, I I I I guess so. I mean, I like I said, I do appreciate my allies that are there. I feel like there are a lot that are more active but I'm usually not one to, like, keep a tab on that. <laughs> like, I'm just like, yeah, like, thanks thanks for reaching out. Thank you for being more active. But I kind of, it's my, basically my biggest concern in Black Lives Matter isn't how white people are participating. Like, yeah. I like or how white people are participating. Like, I'm really not one to, like, say, like, hey, you're being a good ally. Like, not like not one to like doing <laughs> something you should be doing like he's like so there's definitely i guess that's not what i was who, getting at but <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of people who like are definitely performative allies like hey look i helped a black person once i'm like cool yeah good for you and that singular black person but what are you gonna do now they're like but no but i did that like i did that once so like i'm with you i'm like no like allyship is something you constantly have to be doing um, like allyship and you don't have to expect to be celebrated just for being an ally like you don't get good good, good boy points for just showing up like um but yeah. for me like i do sit in a position of privilege like because like um there in, in some cases because like i am like a cis woman i'm never going to go through the issues that a trans woman goes through um, but and I advocate for trans people all the time, but I'm not advocating with the intent of a trans person to give me the okay, like, hey, 
you're one of the good cis people. Like, I'm not going with that intention, and white people shouldn't go in that, with that intention to be one of the good ones. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what if there's a, let's say there's a, some white folks listening that aren't sure, like what what would you what would you say is a, is a step in the right direction to them? For them to educate themselves, <laughs> like um, I like I'm kind of just getting to the point where like because I, I used to be one when I would get in all these Facebook arguments, I would just start sharing articles and articles that these people are never going to read. And, but I'm like, but I shared my article and you should be reading this because I am trying to say, like, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just kind of just saying, like, maybe you should educate yourself. And then it was like talking to a brick wall. So, like, if you're really confused on, like, why black people are angry or upset or um, fed up, like, educate yourself. I actually will never forget a conversation that I had with someone while it was totally fucked up. <laughs> Um, it was this guy who I don't remember his name, but he, um, he was this white guy that came up to me after, um, like my friend had faced like this huge racial injustice that I'm not going to get into because I don't want to think about it. But basically the guy, like this white guy came up to me and he was like, Hey, like, I just want to let you know, like your friend was completely in the right. And I was like, Hey, no offense, but I don't need you to tell me if like, if my black friend was in the right in the situation that became a race issue. And he's like, oh, I understand that. And he's like, hey, like I, I'm a dude that came from Marion. And like, I was like super uneducated. My family was super racist. And I took it upon myself to educate myself. And it was as easy as that. And now like, I definitely have a better perspective and I just want to strive to be a better ally. And I was like, cool, it's that easy. <laughs> it's like, it's that easy for you to go and like, educate yourself like google is vast with situations you go to the aclu page like there's so much shit to read like so if you're on the fence read an article yeah but like definitely don't expect a black person to tell you why you like tell you or explain it to you because i've seen that recently too and i've seen it before where people are, are like, well, why? Why why don't you explain to me, like, why I should have, like, why shouldn't I feel like all lives matter? And it's like, I'm tired of educating. So I guess my educational note is to educate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get that because, I mean, I get that from the, from the white people's perspective, because we have this perspective and it's hard to see privilege because you have to see it from someone else's perspective to understand that it's privilege at all. You know, it's just, it's just our lives. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I just, like, Oh, I just, it's definitely, it's definitely can be harder to see um, like the privileges you face and things that you don't have to consider when you're in that state of privilege. And I like, I get that that's the thing. Like I said, like being this, this woman, I don't have to worry. Like, I don't have to worry about like someone's reaction to um, reaction to like like things on my body as like a cis, cis woman, um, where it's, as a trans woman might have to fear like, hey, maybe after this encounter, I'm going to get murdered because I'm not what this person was expecting. That is one position of privilege that I have that I don't recognize all the time. But I also kind of had to take it upon myself to educate myself that, right. like, hey, that is a problem. And that's 
a fear that I'm never going to like never going to understand, but I want to make sure that like this per like that this person like every day can strive to not have to feel that fear, you know. Yep. It's like kind of uh, coming from a position like when I like when I was growing up and I was talking to my friends, we had very different stances on cops because as a black kid, I'm raised to be like, hey, like when when there's a cop, you have to be careful, you have to watch what you say, you have to do this, like and like you have to know your rights because you don't like because you don't want to be caught in these situations because you don't like, you have to make sure you get home. And, da, da, da. and this is the time, like, I was raised in a time before body camp. So, like, this is, like, as a, like, teenager, like, or as a kid, as a teenager, there were no body cameras. Mm-hmm. So, it was just, like, you have to be polite to the point where they decide that it is okay, that, like, it is okay for you to live. You have to be one of the good ones. Like, in their perspective, you have to be one of the good black people so you can make it home. And, like, it's so... Like even and sometimes that doesn't even work, but it has to. You have to do your best. But like with my white friends that are growing up, it's like, oh, the police are your friend. If you are in trouble, find a police officer and he'll help you. That is not how I was raised. Yeah, you know, I had this experience when I was a teenager, and I was well beyond understanding uh, anything about any of these issues. I wasn't nearly mature enough or experienced enough in the world. But I had, there was a couple of, uh, of, uh, black kids that uh, were in my church and I had a, a little pickup truck and, uh, and I assured them it was okay for them to ride in the back of the pickup truck. Uh, cause I, I knew or whatever. And we got pulled over and, and the cop came up to me and was, uh, you know, give me a hard time about it. And I literally pulled out my, uh, my book from the glove box. When I got my registration, I showed him in the book that it's legal, uh, for people over the age of 16 to ride in the back of a truck in this, in the state of Ohio thing or whatever. He's like, Oh yeah, I guess you're right. Or whatever. And right. But, but all the same, I'd like him to ride in the front, blah, blah, blah. And then it got up in the front and they were like, Holy shit. Like they didn't say Holy shit. Cause we were good Christian kids. But they were kind of blown away by, by the fact that I was like gonna like correct him, the mm-hmm. challenge him, and I was just kind of like, well, I mean, it's the law, right? Like, I don't, I don't know what, what you know. I didn't, I didn't understand what they were, where their fear was of that, because I was like, well, I mean, he's he can't, he can't just you know do anything to you he wants. It's it's about the law, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. Uh, it's like because I've been. Um, kind of revisiting some of like my favorite comedy specials one of my favorite comedy specials is um someone's awfully by Chappelle and then he has this bit in there where like basically uh, I don't know if you're familiar you probably yeah but um his where his friend um is feeding um like his white friend is feeding and then he gets pulled over by the police and his white friend says I I didn't know I couldn't do that and then he gets off and then Chappelle was like, what the fuck just happened? And I was like, wow, like, like that's, and like, it resonated with me so much because like, yeah, like, because that is shit that I could never do. Like I, when I was a kid, my dad raised me how to spot cops. So I could always be, like, I would be, like, I was like seven. And like, my dad would help me spot cops. 
like that's like that's the experience that I had to have so I could always know to be careful and like even like with like um Fresh Prince of Bel-Air just got on HBO Max which I've been super excited for because I love Fresh Prince of Bel-Air I've been re-watching it and like in their first season they have an episode where Carlton and Will get unjustly pulled over and they go to jail and Carlton is so blown away because he doesn't have to experience that as like position of being like a rich kid. But like at the end of the day, like Will knows like, Hey, we're both black. They're not going to believe that this nice car isn't ours. We need to go. And that's like, even with that, like I have always been raised to be like, Hey, like don't be too flashy. Like when you get a car, don't be too flashy because you don't want to draw attention to yourself. Like it's, like, you don't want to get car too black. My cars have always been dark colors, like dark, neutral colors that don't stand out because I was raised that you do not want to stand out. You don't want to make yourself a target. And then, like, the thing is that white people don't have to think about that when getting cars. No. Like, it just comes, like, it's every single step of the way. I have to move differently. Like, black people have to move differently. Like, not just with the police, even in life, because I was raised in my mostly black um, middle school and high school. If you have a name that is, quote, unquote, not normal, use an initial instead of your name, because if you have your not normal name on your application, it is more likely to get tossed in the trash. That is what people are not getting. Black people have to move differently at all times. And it is tiring and exhausting. Sorry, I kind of went on a rant there. No, no, that's fine. As much as you were saying that uh, that white people uh, shouldn't uh, look to black people to educate them, uh, hopefully uh, this will uh, do that job for you, this interview. Yeah. <laughs> like, just to take a second and just think, like, I don't have to worry about this as much. Yeah. Like, um, even with like, I'm also clear, like, so like things that like straight couples don't understand, like, and I think for some people it's more like, eh, like understandable, especially for like white liberals that are under, like, aren't truly getting like the full capacity of the Black Lives Matter movement because there are people like white liberals out there who aren't getting it. Like for me as a queer person, I am afraid that if I hold a hand with another woman at in the wrong part of town, that can be the end of both of us. Like that's the same way as like, if a black man looks suspicious, like, or looks suspicious in a park that a white woman can call the police and specifically say that African American man is on like threatening her because she knows that could be the end of his life. That should be enough to scare him away. It's just, it's just baffling. Like, like you said, like this whole last month has just been baffling. And like, like if people truly don't get it after this last month, I, I, I don't know what, like, what else to tell them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we just, I, I, I've been struggling with this year as much as anyone else, and and seeing people go to the state house a few weeks ago, a bunch of white people with anti-Semitic signs and and mm-hmm. assault rifles is receiving no no feedback from the police whatsoever. 
And then this has been, it's, it's definitely pushed me over some kind of edge. Yeah. I, I, like that shit still baffled me. Like when I saw, saw pictures of police being shoved, I was like, what in the actual fuck? Because I know as like a black person, that shit would never fly. And like, that is just like, it gave me a reaction. Like, if my mom saw me doing that, like I'd be tr- in trouble. Like that's the kind of reaction I got from that. It was just like, but something I was explicitly taught to never do. And the fact that people are doing it just so they can like go to their restaurants and eat their barnyard busters and fucking get haircuts and the same haircut that they've been doing for 10 years. And said because they have to be seen in their shitty haircut. And it's just the fact that they could protest with bazookas and AKs like at the yeah. state house, breaking into the state house and with no opposition it just baffles me. It it's it's flabbergasting. Like there's there's nothing you can say to, to make it make sense. Yeah, it it truly truly doesn't make sense. And then those same people who were like so anti-social distancing and with the protesters and like with okay with like operation gridlock we're in michigan they literally tried to fucking stop emergency vehicles from getting the hospital they have either been like completely quiet like i've seen that where they've they're like, oh, hoorah, rah, protest, well, like, protest, we, being stuck at home is oppression. Um, and then when, like, these Black Ma- Lives Matter protests happen, they're like, you can hear it pin drop. Or they're just like, but the property, look, the, the property is like, shut the fuck up. If you, like, they're like, well, I saw what happened, and it is a shame, but, you know, not broken glass. I'm like, fuck you, fuck you. Like, like, this was just your, you're like, the riots are, are like, your excuse to be like, oh, now I can be against this issue because something bad happened to building. Fuck you. Like, I'm, I'm just so sick of it. Yeah, it is, it is really, it is really a strange, I think one of the things that also is incredibly strange to me is, is just that the police brutality that I that I've seen and that everyone's seen this weekend is exactly what the fuck this protest is about in the first place like yeah what the hell they're proving the point of the protesters at the same yeah. time that the protesters are protesting this shit yeah and they have covered up badge numbers and body cams and it's just even more unsettling I saw someone in like someone's comments where they were like my husband is an officer and he was so broken up about George Floyd, but the people that are covering their bad numbers, they were covering their bad numbers because they don't want their family to get threatened. Bullshit. And I'm like, that's bullshit because what, 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 how does that explain the camera? Well, I don't really have an explanation for that. Of course you fucking don't. Of course you fucking don't. Because there is no explanation. If they had every intention to go out there and police correctly without inciting violence, they wouldn't be wearing those body cameras because the body camera, like, they wouldn't be wearing tape over the body cameras because those would be evidence that, hey, I'm being the good cop that everybody keeps talking about. I'm not doing anything. But with you having your body cameras on, 
that means you can say one thing and then do another. And then yeah. there is no video evidence on your end to like prove that. Yeah, it, it's, it seems to be a pretty self-explanatory situation to me as to why a, a cop would not want to have his badge number and his, and his body camera functioning. It, there's, yeah, there can only really be one fucking answer to that question, right? Yeah, it's like there is something going wrong. And the thing is, like, body cameras, I remember when body cameras really became a thing. It was, uh, how did he after Mike, how did he after Mike Brown, or maybe it was somewhere between Mike Brown and Eric Garner, which, of course, that I can use them as milestones is fucking ridiculous, but that's a whole other thing. But when body cameras became a thing, like, oh, like, this is, this is good. Like, we're going to have body cameras. And then we're going to see when things happen. And then, like, people kept on getting murdered. And they're like, oh, oh, well. Like, no. Like, you kept, like, they toted around those body cameras. It was every other fucking article I could see on Facebook. Like, oh, cops are going to get body cameras. The police in Cali is going to stop. It's like, no. They're going to inconveniently get shut off. Oh, like, that, because that shit happens all the time. Or that's going to be presented to the jury and they're still going to get off anyway. Like, I will never, like, forget, like, seeing the Philando Castillo situation play out. Where he got gunned down, gunned down, not being violent, not being resistant, not doing anything, going to get his ID as requested by the officer. Let Philando let him know. He's like, hey, I am, I do have a concealed carry. Like, I have my license for it. What to reach? to get the ID that was requested of him and got gunned down in his car on, during, on Facebook Live and that officer still got the fuck off. Like, it's not... Like, the fact that we have video evidence, it's not even helping. And with, specifically with George Floyd, if there weren't video evidence in that situation, like, they would have put in a falsified police report and it would have been okay. So how many times has that happened? How much... And that's the problem. How much do you think the protests had to do with the uh, charges being filed and, and, and the arrest of uh, oh, Derek uh, Chauvin, I believe his name is? Yeah, 100%. 100% because they like I, they probably were trying to figure out how to spin that shit. Like, and like, it wouldn't have happened without that video. Like, they would have 100% just put in that falsified police report and it would have been like, oh, okay. Well, that, well, that's that. But, like, with that video, they're like, hey, this is, like, this is wrong. And they're like, oh, well, maybe, I'm, like, maybe not. And then the protest happens. Like, oh, maybe we should look into this. But also being a part of, like, the Black community and Black Lives Matter movement for so, so long, like, it's just kind of, like, this part kind of feels like theater. Where they're like, oh, like, he has charges. I'm like, I, like, I won't believe anything and like unless he gets an indictment and i won't believe anything until he at least gets second degree murder um but i one thing i would not be surprised that happens um is if he got off because now they're saying oh george floyd had a pre-existing condition so and that's what ultimately causes death not the me being on his neck for seven minutes it's the pre-existing condition so it's it just, it's just kind, kind of just becoming numb to a system that has failed you and people that look like you over and over and over again. 
Oh, man. I, yeah. That would yeah. be, that would be really shocking if, if that was the, the reason, right? I mean, yeah. how could you possibly say, I mean, it, I don't care what disease you have. If you have that disease and somebody like chokes you out for nine minutes, how, <laughs> how can that be good? Like, how can that not be the mitigating factor? Like if you, if you would have gone, like if you, if you wouldn't have had the disease, you could have gone 10 minutes being choked out like that. Yeah. But like it's, it's 100% bullshit. It's, and it's just trying to just poke holes. It's like, well, this happened. Like, like he had this, like, I think that they said it was a heart condition. And I was like, oh, like, oh, maybe that wouldn't have came into play if they were going to knee on his neck every fucking, like, for seven fucking minutes. Um, like, and it was just, like, I watched the video once. Like, I only watched it once. I truly don't even really watch videos. After the Philando Castillo video, it's like a feeling of fatigue. Like, I can't. It's traumatic for me. Like, I don't need to see the video, like, of, of, like, of someone literally being murdered. But I did watch the George Floyd one. And like I said, it's probably the first one I've watched since Philando Castile. And I just couldn't, I just pictured, like, my father being there. Like, I pictured my uncle being there. Like, I feel like literally calling out for his mom because he knew he wasn't going to make it home. Like, it's just traumatic and just awful and like just seeing that happen over and over again like I said to people that look like you over and over again like that could have easily been mine like that could have been my dad that could have been my my uncle uncle my cousin like even with Brianna Taylor that could have been me like it's just like just disheartening to think like what excuse are they going to use to justify my murder you know like well like is it going to be like oh like we had her in a chokehold, and she has one lung. So if she had two, maybe she should. She maybe she would have been able to last longer. Or like, I hate with like with their like. I think it was like Mike Brown where they had like pictures of him like like in like holding up gang signs. They're like, oh well, he was a gang member, so so you know like he was the menace to society. Like, what picture of me are you gonna pull up to justify my murder? Like, what like you're gonna pull a tweet? me shit posting in 2017 and that's going to be like well she she said that so you know open and close case like she it's okay that she was murdered it's just them finding reasons why it is okay that black people are being murdered because of an underlying condition or because they posed with guns or because they stole the ones or because they were allegedly committing forgery and it's just sickening. Yeah. I, I wonder how much, like I grew up in the suburbs and, and it seems like uh, white people in the suburbs, like don't, they don't actually think that racism still exists. Like they think it's something that went away with, uh, with the, uh, uh, emancipation proclamation or something right or it's definitely they're definitely and i've noticed that like especially when i was in um church camp like well like, like involved with the church and like um i went to youth group every week i i think i was one of three black people in that entire youth group throughout <laughs> like everyone and it was just kind of like oh 
like just kind of little microaggressions and things like that and you know um just like oh just like you know like that's like racism that's, that's so 1890 am i right and i definitely heard like well slavery was a, it was a really long time ago but with the, but also what i've seen like from definitely like white suburbanites throughout specifically this george floyd um these uh george floyd um like like protest is that like well martin luther king was always a proponent of peace and that's what should be doing like you are just honoring martin luther king's memory by rioting and protesting and that's what the problem is today because racism was solved until you brought it back when you broke glass and you're making it all about race and da 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 and I don't think that the white people posting like oh like MLK did sit-ins and then he changed the world with peace not remembering that he was assassinated like I just I don't I don't get it. Yeah. And, and he, he also was leading protests a lot, Yeah, you know, and, and he was dealing with oppression in those protests a lot. Yeah. It it was just like, and what, what has baffled me on Twitter, which almost made me delete Twitter is that like his, um, like Martin, like Martin, I believe third and Bernie's, um, Bernie's King, who are Dr. Um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s actual children are posting about these riots and like protests and everything. And then there are white people in the mentions that are like, well, actually your dad. And I honestly could not fathom what it would be like to get on Beyonce's internet and tell someone about their father. I truly don't understand. Yeah. That's shocking ignorance. It's, 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 just, it's just to the point where I have to laugh because if I don't, I'm just going to scream and cry because it's just completely jarring. I, I just could not even begin to imagine for someone to tell me about my father and what he meant from someone who maybe read about him for a chapter in a text. <laughs> it's just so insane but I've seen so many like it's not even just like people like it's like I've seen it, the posts from people on all like sides of the aisle so I'm just like are you kidding me it's it's just it's I, and I, I think I just keep on repeating that like it's just ridiculous it is it is and it's something again that I, I don't have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Nobody's out here trying to tell me about my own history or how to feel about oppression or any of this shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I think that this, I've seen a, a lot of, uh, a lot of people seem to be beginning to understand the level of violence that is, that is being aimed against uh, people with brown skin now. So I hope that I hope that these that these protests are successful in in making people wake the fuck up. And, yeah, and take. But note. like, it's, it's not even at the end of the day. Even though like there are like 
um, white people that like kind of like have to like wake up and like smell the oppression. But it also comes like, especially when it comes to specifically Black Lives Matter movement, like it can also be non-black, non-black people of color who are not understanding the message or even um, like queer people who are just like, hey, like I, I saw this post from a queer performer. They're like, hey, like black people just know that remember that we stood for you and like when it's time to stand for us. And I'm like, actually 100% full offense, fuck you because that shouldn't be conditional. Yeah, that's like, a weird comment for sure. Yeah, it's like the weirdest flex of all time, but I've seen it from like a couple of queer people. Luckily, not queer people on my friends list. It's usually on someone else's friends list, and then my friend called them out, and I'm like, oh, this person actually does suck. But <laughs> And then like there are also queer people who are just like, I just, I don't understand the, like, the violence and things like that. And I'm just like, did y'all forget that Stonewall literally was a riot and that the first brick was thrown by black trans women? Fuck off. Yeah. So it's all, at the end of the day, everyone could be more educated, but it's it's not my job to do it. I just I just like to yell on the internet sometimes, and just I like to yell on the internet sometimes about things and problems I'm facing, and and if people want to oppose those problems I'm facing, and I don't feel like taking the time to be polite and talk to them, I'll just yell at them and. Just tell them like you could, you can keep arguing with me or you can donate, but either way, you can get the fuck out of my face. Yeah. <laughs> and being yeah. quarantined for the last um, like seventy eight days has also made me more on edge, and I, I truly don't care about those feelings I hurt. Yeah, and this was probably the first time that a lot of people have been out and seen other people in in public too, which is it, a it weird dynamic. Definitely was my first time. I've faithfully been in quarantine. I was faithfully in quarantine for 76 days, I think. I only know the exact days because um, um, the stay-at-home order started on my birthday. So. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. I spent it at home getting drunk on Facebook Live and making peanut noodles. <laughs> well, I've let this, this, we were having such a good conversation. I just kept the tape rolling, but I don't want to take too much more of your time tonight. I know you've had a long day running supplies and, 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 uh, dealing with the man. So yeah. I really appreciate you talking to me though. Of course. I'm, I'm probably gonna treat myself to a sprite and, what um eat i actually that's the thing i yelled at myself for not doing yesterday and proceeded to do the same thing today was not properly eat throughout the day but i'm gonna drink the sprite and watch game grumps and eat um, support from home because i have to i'm definitely gonna isolate for the next two weeks all righty we'll be safe and uh and thank you so much talking to me now all right you have a good night you too thanks for letting me rant i know sometimes it can be a bit unstructured oh no you're great all right have a good one yeah bye oh man
that was uh that was a lot of information a lot of processing i hope you guys uh got something out of it i know uh i did uh have just having those conversations was uh was huge for me um i know that was a lot of content in one episode so i was thinking about how to divide it up and I decided that I what I really want to do is have a very long conversation with uh, Samantha Sizemore. So keep your eyes peeled and your ears open for that one because it'll be coming out soon. And thanks again for listening. Stay safe out there.